What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania, episode number 123, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. What is it? Did I get it wrong? No, yeah, it's just saying one, two, three, oi. One, two, three, oi. Oh, like uh, the the Ramones. Yeah. Like the song, the the rock song. Yes. I got that reference. (laughs) Okay, Steve Rogers. (laughs) That's right. He's at John at, oh my God, what a week. He's at Nazathan Parker. I'm at Zacatello. And thank we you for are, coming, everybody. Have thanks, a good everybody. One. <laughs> we appreciate you. We're a nerdy pop culture podcast. We've been doing this show for God knows how long, talking about movies, television, entertainment, comics, video games, sports, and all the like. Basically, just whatever John and I want to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about. That's the Radiovania mantra right there. You can catch the show in a number of different ways. We appreciate your viewership, your listenership in any which way that you do it. Go to Radiovania.com. Check out our podcast. That's the website for us. Like us, subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating or whatever you do when you're on your podcast platform of choice. Promise it helps. Think of, you know, these two little beautiful cute faces that like just like with a little tears in our eyes whenever you go to like little little cherub angels yep (laughs) just about to shoot that arrow if you think about a four star just remember these faces and then click five four star (laughs) if you leave a four star review on this podcast (laughs) fuck you (laughs) honestly though wouldn't you rather have a review we have some reviews do we we do have some reviews yeah can we read them live sometime or are they only numbered i think they're just stars i don't think anyone's written us a verbal review so if if you want to do that as well please write us a review and post it and then tweet it at us at radiovania (laughs) or exit to us uh and then follow us on threads at radiovania show radiovania show on instagram and then our email with any questions comments and concerns you got radiovania show at gmail.com and that is the intro and the plugs and as markety as we get because John, welcome home, buddy. Good to be back. It's been a little bit of time, so yeah. Sorry for the hiatus, kiddos, but life you know steps in sometimes, and you got to step to it. And uh, wish I could say it's over, but it's not. But we got this nice little needle that we're gonna thread here and um, talk about some fun stuff from the month of August. Actually, yeah. So I mean, you know, like. There's the whole Nintendo strategy of their products, right? They've been doing ever since the the Wii and before that, they would like make artificial scarcity to draw up demand, you know, of their products. So that's what we're that's doing awesome. here. We're just creating artificial scarcity of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like I was thinking about this, like if you're if you're jonesing for content and you haven't gone back to listen to like oh, Fastcast, yeah. DCEU and review, start the radio vision stuff, like no better time than the present, you know, just while we have a little bit of a little bit of a pause, put on some some side projects. So. Sure. Yeah, it's a you know, think of this as like late summer vacation. The kids are going back to school and so are Zach and John. So but we're we'll we'll come at you. We got a lot of fun stuff for the rest of the year. I mean, hell, it's only September. So we've still got award season movies, the the Halloween spooky season. Spooky uh, season. We got a lot of a lot of fun stuff to talk about in the near future. But uh, yeah, today's episode is going to be what the hell happened in August of 2023, because, man, a lot of stuff happened and we're going to get into all of it below. Um, But yeah, this is our first episode back since we did a mini sode. And would you believe that that episode was published on August 17th? Uh, That's 
Yeah, that's a while ago. <laughs> it doesn't feel like, you know, time just time's a funny mistress. You know, it's just like you blink and you miss it. If you don't look around and smell the flowers, you might you might just miss it. Yeah. Chicka chicka. Chicka chicka. Bow bow. But yeah, we've got a big pack show. We're not going to belabor the point really much because we've got so much to talk about. We are going to talk about uh, box office news, bombs, failures, and successes, and all that in between. We've got some updates on the, the WGA, Writers Guild, Actors Strike. We've got delays, 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 and what the rest of the year looks like in terms of big releases. But before that, John... What you been up to? Oh my god, I've been doing some stuff, man. Um, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could start with Star Wars if you want. So Ahsoka came out, premiered, yeah, uh, late August, a couple weeks ago. It's been going on for the last three weeks. Um, at the last second, they changed up and decided to drop it Tuesday nights, which I kind of like, um, as opposed to watching it like Wednesday morning after it's dropped at midnight. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of cool to have it have a an East Coast time release date for the first time in a Star Wars streaming show. Yeah, because before that, like it wasn't it was, you know, midnight EST for us. But technically it was coming out at like 9 p.m. Eastern or 9 p.m. No, it, the was West mid, Coast. it was midnight West Coast. It was 3 oh, a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Oh, that's some bullshit right there. I know. This is the... I watched the Mando season two finale at midnight. This is so much better. It's much better. And I think this was definitely a Dave Filoni idea. I think he wanted as many people tuning in at a regular time as possible. I don't know how Do you... it's affecting the ratings, but. <laughs> Do you think Dave Filoni is just going all Pepe Sylvia on these motherfuckers <laughs> at Disney? He's got the whiteboard and he's like, we should be doing this, this and this. I'm going to tell you about <laughs> Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> I really do. I really do. And I think I think the quality of this show is going to give him more opportunity to get extra whiteboards in that room to write more ideas down, you know? Sure. But, yeah. Well, let's um, talk about let's talk about Ahsoka before we dive any further deep into yeah. it, because we'll kick it off with the show. We'll kick it off with a bang. Do you, let's do no like can we do like light spoilers i don't know like do you want to just say like if you haven't watched ahsoka maybe don't listen to the next five minutes i, I no, five, we could ten do minutes. a we could do a spoiler free i like how i said ash ahsoka that's pretty funny um yeah we could do minor spoilers <laughs> after a certain amount of time so okay so i guess we'll stay spoiler free spoil relatively spoiler free for a little while but i mean if yeah. you're skeptical at all about spoilers i don't know why like I don't know. I this is this it's not one of those bingey shows. Like I actually do think that I've been enjoying watching like one episode every couple weeks or so. So um yeah. I don't know. Turn it off if you want to, skip ahead about 10, 10, 15 minutes. I don't know. We're not gonna we're not gonna belabor the point too much because eventually we're gonna do a, a season retrospective with and we want to get Uncle Cal on the show. Um because yeah. I know that you know Ahsoka and these characters mean a lot to you guys. So um yeah, I mean let's Keep it spoiler free as much as we can, but I'm I'm guessing you're enjoying Ahsoka. Yeah, definitely. I'm okay. having a, I'm having a lot of fun, um, kind of like exploring the the elements of, of Star Wars that Dave Filoni likes to explore, which is like deep space exploration, maps that lead to treasure type things, and exploring what it means to wield the force and, and having all these different cultures weaved into his stories, like the Mandalorians, the night sisters, et cetera. That is a big old glass of wine, man. And I, I respect it. 
Um, Emily yeah. found this. Emily found this at the thrift store. It's a big enough glass that I think it holds three glasses worth of wine. It's almost it? as big as your face. It looks like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Thank you. Um, you can fill me one of those up tomorrow. Oh, you but bet. really enjoying Rosario's performance. Really enjoying the casting of the animated we haven't seen, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, as Harrison Dula and Natasha Leo Bardizo as Sabine. I think Ray Stevenson has been really good, uh, especially after episode four of this of the show. Um, sure. No spoilers there. But he's he's vaulted himself into a high caliber acting performance as a villain in a Star Wars thing for me. Um, and then the action, it was kind of slow to start, but it's really kind of picking up lately, and I've been really digging it. They're they're putting a lot more money into this than like a, an Obi-Wan or a Mando season three. Um, and it also just feels like, you know, cohesive. Having one writer who's a good Star Wars writer really helps make that property soar. Um, so I'm really digging that. But that's really all my surface level non-spoiler thoughts. I'm curious to hear more about you, considering that they've touched on a lot of stuff that up until a couple of weeks ago, you probably would have never even thought about. So, yeah. So, um, John gave me the project, right? I needed to familiarize myself at least a little bit with the backstory of Clone Wars and and Rebels. And I had watched the Jodder, the Jodder, I always make that mistake. Tarkar, Tarkovsky, right? Tarkovsky. I watched yeah. that, the 2D animated Clone Wars series, but I never watched any of the 3D animated series. So I wanted yeah. to go back. Unfortunately, and that the 2D animated one has been decanonized, but it's still fun to watch. Yeah, sure. It's that animation style is just so fucking beautiful. It's dope. But, it's fucking dope. Yeah. Um. So I, I did the, the premiere was like a Tuesday or Thursday or whatever it was. And the night before I watched the last four episodes of Clone Wars um, yeah. season nine. The best, and, the best that Clone Wars and Star Wars animated television has to offer. And so. I would say some of the best <laughs> Star Wars content maybe I've ever. So I was like, so I was honestly blown away by those. Well, let's episodes. talk about that real quick then, because that's been out for three years. So if you haven't seen it, you could also tune out right now. But you've probably seen sure. it by now. There's not much that I have to say about it in depth other than just like what a be like just beautifully crafted side story that i didn't know that i really like kind of i just found it very riveting it's almost it's almost like a short story that takes place concurrently with order 66 and i just thought it was awesome like i loved the 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 action was really fun where it was i liked i liked the theatricality of darth maul i really liked all the stuff with anakin yeah, obi-wan kind of coming in and out it's so fucking sick yeah, I I really just enjoyed the the last four episodes. I thought it was a beautiful arc. I loved the. I'm a sucker for cliffhangers, and each episode has a really cool like cliffhanger. And I thought that the ending is just is really fucking striking. I mean, like just yeah. as someone that came in to the series very late and only watched the last four episodes, that is a fucking downer of an ending. And I I love it. I think it's more that ending is more impactful than Revenge of the Sith, in my opinion. Like, I just think that like the beauty, the starkness of that ending with like the clone troopers and her like friend, like the one trooper that um, Rex was like Rex. Yeah, thank you. Um, I just thought all you that will stuff definitely be seeing great. Tamora Morrison in this Ahsoka show as Rex guaranteed. OK, cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah. The final arc of Clone Wars, the Siege of Mandalore is just fucking 
it's as it's 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 on par with being like um some of the best that star wars has to offer like including some of the movies so yeah if you treat it like one one big movie and watch it concurrently it's it's amazing so yeah like i uh i was ready to just be kind of like meh by it like i was just yeah. like oh it's gonna be an animated show whatever like i'll watch it i'll get the i'll get ahsoka i'll get a little bit of plot i turned off all the lights in the living room i i put on my headphones i put on my glasses i started the play on that episode the the first one of that four arc thing and the green Lucasfilm logo comes yeah. up and it's all crackly. And I was like, wait a second. And I was like, what? this is really cool. And then it's whoa, like, whoa, whoa, what have we here? <laughs> I know. I was like, I was expecting, I was expecting the episode to start off with fucking like, I don't know, life is a highway or like some fucking like cars bullshit or like animated stuff that I did like Disney animation bullshit. And it turned it out to be uh, just really, really great. Really well done. Very. So those are the only, that's the only episode of the Clone Wars that you've ever seen besides the Tartaklosky stuff. Yes, I've, I've okay. seen those four episodes and nothing. Not going to lie, the rest of the Clone Wars is not going to have anything on part of that caliber. So maybe just don't even do it <laughs> because <laughs> you're just going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That'd maybe like eventually I'll you... get to it. But yeah, sure, sure. I shouldn't say never say never, but that is definitely like where the bar is. Um, okay. Except for maybe some key stuff in Tales of the Jedi. But um, okay. The one of the cool things about is you were mentioning Maul. Played by uh, voiced by Sam Witwer in the car- in the cartoons, they brought in Ray Park, who played him in Phantom Menace, to do motion capture for the animation. So that fight between Ahsoka and Maul is a mocap animated fight. That's cool. So that's why he looks so fucking fluid, and he's like jumping and like <laughs> like double tapping her and stuff. Really dope. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- yeah, I, I agree I thought with you. The gorgeous. ending I think is in- incredibly haunting. The the image of um. Like the image of her standing in front of all the helmets and then it pans up and pans back down and then the Empire's there a couple years later and Vader oh, finds beautiful. her lightsaber. I was like, this is like a chill. It's chill. It's, it's so chill cool. inducing like that. That is a that that's a, a beautiful ending. And I, I when the when the yeah. credits started rolling, I was like, oh, that's it. That's how they're ending it. I was like, great. This that's is awesome. the end of Clone Wars. Yep. And then <laughs> and then you have 19 sad years of Imperial oppression after that until until New Hope starts. So. Yep. Pretty crazy. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. but that being said, so I watched those four episodes and then I went right into Ahsoka. Um, I I was enjoying it. I, I like I like the show. I think that episode four is without a doubt the strongest. Um, I think that the show is is fun. It, I really like Rosario Dawson. Surprise, surprise. I like uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but I, I like her in just about everything. Mm-hmm. Um She's very, very, very smallly used so far, but yeah. And I really do like. Um, f- I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher his name again. Is it? Ray, it's Ray Winston. Stevenson. Steve Ray Stevenson. Thank you, Ray Stevenson. Who just passed away this past summer, which we yeah. talked about on a different episode. So, yep. really yeah. sad in in the past tense to think about that. This is his last role, but he's really fucking given it all. So yeah, and he. I really like his villain character, and I liked like the. The ominousness of it. What I what I wasn't expecting is how much like mystical BS is happening in the show. Like all yeah. this like very felony, like witches and fucking yeah. It's who can re- use the force? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's interesting, and I you know the show is being uh it's being received like relatively positively. I don't re- Disney will Disney doesn't release like numbers of how many people are like watching it, 
but uh, the critic reception seems to be pretty positive and the fan reception seems to be positive as well. Um, I would wonder what like a casual Star Wars fan would think going into something like this where they're talking about, yeah, like there's like magic spells. It's almost like a Doctor Strange. Well, movie. I can definitely tell you how my family reacted to sure, watching I'd the premiere, which is that they were not interested. <laughs> 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 my dad was watching it for the most part. Neither None of them could stay up late enough to watch the second episode since they both dropped on the premiere. Um, Shelby was like quasi interested, but confused and was like asking questions a lot. And then my mom was on her phone the whole time, which is pretty unlike her given, you know, there is stuff that's going on right now that's keeping everybody a little busy, but still very weird. Um, I thought it was great though, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Episode four is definitely a standout. So hopefully that's a trend upward from here. Sure. Especially now that we know what they're doing, like without getting into spoilers for the plot, like where they're going from here is going to be vastly more interesting than all the exposition they had to set up at the beginning. So, yeah, I, um, uncle Cal shared with us a TikTok that summed up a lot of my feelings of the first three episodes, first two episodes where it's basically treasure planet. And I laughed or whatever, but then I was like, you know what? This is pretty much like, it's like Dave Filoni saw uncharted or something and was like, I can do that. Hold my beer. Well, it's like he saw the force awakens. Sure. And was like, what There's if I made a more weapons. interactive star map? Yeah. But it's like, are you kind of over star maps? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure. kind of, I'm kind of done with secret, secret schematics and maps. <laughs> At least they didn't get it from a droid that was like powered off for some reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. This version of their star map that they're utilizing is really cool and interactive with like the way that it, is like projected um but yeah i was just like oh okay cool it's another <laughs> so, secret map to another secret location to but to be fair the thing. secret map ball thing that she found indiana jones style is pretty cool compared to like let's follow the space whales through space so the space was, whales yeah the purgle it was those was giant that? things that were flying around in the third episode those are the those uh, are the space oh, whales. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha 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 gotcha. Yeah, I forgot about that already. Yeah. So the space whales can travel through hyperspace, and that's how humans and other beings in Star Wars canonically thought to pursue scientific endeavors to be able to create light speed travel for ships. Um. So that's where they got the inspiration from, and um. Ezra Bridger used them to grab all of Thrawn's fleet and lightspeed them to the unknown regions, which is why him and Thrawn are both off the table right now. So that's the finale of Rebels for you. Spoilers, but. <laughs> and uh, Thrawn <laughs> is played by the same guy that voices him, right? That's yeah, the big Lars deal. Mickelson. Yep. Lars Mads Mickelson. Mickelson's brother. So two Mickelsons in Star Wars so far, which is yep. pretty cool. So here's my so i'm enjoying it i'm really i i'm enjoying it i i think that episode four was a standout uh the production quality is is way better than yeah the music where it's like a it's like an akira kurosawa movie it's it's like watching the the jedi that episode of the mandalorian but like on a heightened scale it's dope yeah i just Again, like I don't want to belabor the point, but it's like I just don't understand the allocation of resources at Disney. Like, <laughs> I really don't. I really don't know why this yeah. show looks so fucking good. And oh, there's certain scenes in Obi Wan that look like they were filmed like on a Broadway stage. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, COVID, COVID definitely a factor okay. for that one. Uh, Ewan McGregor's paycheck definitely a factor for that one. Um, yeah, that's. I think that show was just rushed. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, we've talked about that at length, so we can yeah, we can move definitely. on from that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Here's my here's my big question for you. This this Ahsoka this Ahsoka show is eight episodes, right? Correct. So we're halfway. Eight. So we're halfway sadly through. we are already halfway through. Yeah, we're halfway through. But they've already um, announced that they are developing season two. Okay, which is, so, they seem pretty confident that this is going to be popular. Got it. So yeah, that was my second question: was are they developing a season two? They're easily going to end the season on some sort of cliffhanger, but they seem to want to continue this the Ahsoka show. Um, because all know, of are, this is supposed to lead to the Dave Filoni directed movie, which a lot of people assume is heir to the Empire. So, I guarantee you, like Thrawn will be in this. I'm not like hoping that Thrawn's in a lot of it, like a lot of people are, like being like, if he's not in this much, the show is busted. Like, I actually am really enjoying the villains that we already have, so I'm cool with giving them their time in the sun, especially now knowing that Ray Stevenson can't come back. So, but obviously like Thrawn's a, Thrawn's a big factor for it. So, but they, sure. I, mean, I imagine they'll set up a lot of stuff that'll be tied to the Mandalorian and then they'll, they'll do a season two of this. I don't know what that would be about. We'll see when it's over. Yeah. And then all roads lead to some type of theatrical event to conclude those shows. I mean, as I, someone, as someone that never read like the, the, the books, the, the heir to the empire books, like whatever. Oh, you've that, never read this. I've never read those books. Yeah. Fascinating stuff now that they like don't count to go back yeah. and read and just be like, whoa, <laughs> you could see the themes that they've picked and like implemented into stuff. But like Han and Leia have twins instead of Ben Solo. You know what I mean? Um, Luke actually has a girlfriend. So we'll see. Mara Jade. I know that. Mara Jade. Yeah. Nice job. Yep. Um, so I, I'm just, I, I know how big those books are for so many people. And I know that Thrawn is supposed to be one of these like really top tier star Wars villains. I just hope they don't moff Gideon his ass. Uh, because they might on TV. I'm not going to lie. They might. Yeah, That's such a bummer if they do that, because like, but, I think that, but you are at a disadvantage because he's in two full seasons of rebels as the main antagonist. Gotcha. So there is okay. plenty of runway for him with screen time. Um, Yeah. Okay. That's well, we'll the thing see. is is this show is like these dark Jedi and light Jedi are competing for the the uh, open world of power that is now existing in this vacuum of the empire being gone and Thrawn and and Ezra are both the two pillars of that, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's about all I had for us. Okay. I'm enjoying it. I'm not like over the moon about it, but I guess I also didn't expect to be because I don't have this rich history of the characters, but I got to just say, give it up for Rosario Dawson. I mean, she's just, she's just great in everything. Yeah. I really like who they cast as Sabine. She's literally captured the character from the cartoon, like perfectly as well. Um, She's the one that cuts her hair or whatever. She's the Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Um, The one who cuts her hair. Yeah. That's her. (laughs) And I also love the droid, Hugh Yang, played by David Tennant. He's fantastic. Oh, that's David Tennant? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Fucking Barty Crouch Jr. himself, baby. Barty Crouch Jr. Hello, father. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's a droid that helped. He's essentially Mr. Ollivander for the Jedi. 
So he would help gotcha. Jedi pupils build their lightsabers in in the Clone War era. And then he has a data he has a database of every lightsaber that's ever been constructed in which Jedi has it. So that's he was a cool bound. concept. So fucking dope. Yeah. Curious. If you're looking for if <laughs> that's he literally says the kyber crystal chooses the Jedi, which is essentially the same thing as the one chooses the wizard. They just blatantly <laughs> stole it, and I love it. Dave Filoni is a big Tolkien and, and Harry Potter fan, so that makes sure. a lot of sense. Say so J.K. Um, Rowling sitting on her couch, she's like, <laughs> she's doing the Leonardo like, DiCaprio meme. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling probably said something homophobic. Let's be honest. Sure, um, yeah, that might have happened. But yeah, if you're curious to learn more about Hugh Yang, the droid, you can go check out. The uh, the gathering is the arc. It's in season five of the Clone Wars, and it's about a bunch of young links getting their kyber crystals with Ahsoka to build their lightsabers. Cool, cool. On Ilum, which you visit in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I remember that planet. Lots devices. It all connects. It's like poetry. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, we got to start moving. We got to keep moving on here. Is there any last parting words you have about about Ahsoka before we move on from from all of that? I'll just say that my second thing that I've been up to is that the show got me really just like immersed in a, in a star Wars mood. I was also just like in my feels while I was in Alabama. So I was just like comfort, 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 let's do it. So I, <laughs> since Ahsoka started in the last three weeks, I have watched rogue one, the entire sequel trilogy, all of tales of the Jedi, the last arc of the clone wars, the last, eight episodes of star Wars rebels and the phantom menace. Holy so moly. <laughs> Do with that what you will. <laughs> but I would just like to reiterate that all those things are great. <laughs> hey, there, there, are, uh, there are people out there that rewatch the, the office for the 500th time. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I'm see just, the problem with you rewatching all of Star Wars. <laughs> I'm just, I didn't, but that's the thing is, it's not even all of it. It was so weird and selective. Like my mood was just fluctuating like crazy. Sure. Like I watched seven and then I watched eight within the same day because I was with my grandmother. We had nothing else to do. But then I watched Rogue One when Cal came into town. Then I watched Tales of the Jedi. Then I watched some more animation. Then I watched, <laughs> you know, part of a different movie and then and then i watched rise of skywalker on the plane and like all kinds of stuff so yeah well the other day i was uh running on the treadmill at the gym and fx was on and they were playing it was the last 20 minutes of rogue one and uh it it was the part where everybody starts dying one by one and i like and i escalated the treadmill and i was like i was like all right let's fucking do this do it for bodhi the force the force is me (laughs) yeah so that's what also star wars i rewatched for sure, for sure. Um, but also speaking of things that I watched on the plane, the other thing that I've been up to is I finally saw a movie for the first time that's been out for a long time that people like really love um, that you have also not seen uh, last time we spoke, which is John Wick. <laughs> so yeah, finally watched yeah. the first one. It's a great fucking film. I came home, I told to hear that I saw it for the first time and he was very disappointed seeing them ahead of time. But uh, glad that Wick fandom, so... Just like to say that Keanu Reeves is a, is a real stud. So thank you, Keanu, for your large body of work. Yeah. So what's your plan for the rest of the movies? Are you going to like watch them? They're on them? Peacock, so I'll finish them all. I've I've seen John Wick in half of John Wick Chapter 2 on Delta. So thank you, Delta Airlines, for giving me something to do. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I'll finish the three and four are both on there too. So I'll just finish the whole quadrology. 
It's always been on my list. I've just never, I've literally just missed them all. I don't know why, but they came out at like bad times. I guess I never was motivated to see them in the theater. And then I just yeah, they come out. Smell. They typically have claimed that like February, March slot in the theaters. So yeah. But anyway, really fun. Good action. Um, Great ensemble cast. Willem Dafoe is in the first one. He's just fantastic. So but yeah, it's literally just like, what if we did steady cam action all the time and it's just Keanu Reeves doming a bunch of people? It's pretty yeah, it's pretty fucking gnarly. So. Yeah. I'm sure it's a There's nice little a- like movie stress ball too. You just get to watch Keanu Reeves just beat the shit out of bad people. Oh my god, yeah. It's uh, yeah, and they're all like Russian mobsters and stuff like that, but there's this shootout scene at a pool at a at a sorry, bathhouse, like a like a Turkish bathhouse. Okay. In the first movie, that is literally like one of the most well choreographed gunfights i've ever seen like in a movie you know because usually it's all like shaky cam and oh yeah people like shooting each other so yeah once i finish john wick my next move is to go back and watch those equalizer movies because i've heard those are really good too and you know i love denzel Mm, yeah i i the new one came out didn't a new one just come out yeah equalizer three Okay, got it. It's like Denzel in Italy. I'm like, sign me the fuck up. (laughs) He's like drinking espresso and they're like, didn't you used to be an assassin? He's like, I was going to say, I was like, is the plot that the equalizer is the name of his like focaccia restaurant or something like that? And he's like making bread. But no, he's a hitman. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, hitman, retired hitman. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you saw i'm gonna do you do you want me to t- do you want me to take a break from talking yeah please you take a break from talking okay i'll talk about a movie that i i i watched i watched uh they clone tyron oh yeah did you like it okay uh, it's very good it's not great uh it's entertaining but here's what i'll john say boyega, right john boyega is uh our, our it's homie. frustrating to me yeah it's frustrating to me that he's not being more utilized and pop in My... entertainment after rewatching the sequel trilogy within four days, my stocks are back up on Boyega. I think he's a fantastic actor. I don't know if stocks were ever down. I think he just got... I was a little down on him after Rise of Skywalker because he was like pissed during the press tour. And I was like, they it's not his fault. I'm just saying that like I was worried about him not being able to get jobs that he deserved. Sure. Well, if this is any indication of his acting skills, I mean, so did you ever see Attack the Block? The movie that he starred in with, with uh, the Ryan Johnson movie before Star Wars and all that? Okay, so Attack the Block, he's really, really good in, and he's really good in this, too. Um, he's just very authentic, and and he he's just really, really expressive, and and I I find him just very charismatic. Whenever he's on screen, I'm very just drawn to him. Um, so it's a good movie. Watch it for his performance, and watch it for Jamie Foxx. His, his comedy timing is just... Jamie Foxx is just one of the funniest motherfuckers ever. Uh yeah. And uh, so so it's really good. It's worth a watch. The only problem is that you got to you got to pay for stupid ass Netflix, which is just officially the worst streaming service of all time now. Um, yeah. No, thanks. No, thanks at all. Emily and I watched dated and related on there. No, thank you. What's that? It's a dating show, but you have to go to a villa in France with your sibling. And you, you and your sibling Pass. have to be wingmen Pass. for each other. Pass. So imagine Pass. you, uh, yeah, <laughs> imagine Pass. you and Shelby have to go to a dating show. We're done. <laughs> We're done with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's clone. That's a clone of Tyrone. Uh, we we both saw a movie. Oh yeah, 
Do you want to talk about that hear, real quick? I can't wait to hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the Haunted Mansion on Labor Day. I um, also saw it. <laughs> did you see it? Did you pay to go see it? Uh, jury's still out on that one. Don't want to yeah, admit anything. I I Don't want to admit it. anything on the, on the air here. Um, mm-hmm. Man. I will say, I had a fun time at the theater seeing the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> so. I did not like this movie. <laughs> I figured you wouldn't. <laughs> what did I, it you had not so like much. About it? It had so much potential. I thought that the ending was atrocious. I, I, the I thought Marvel that, ending. Yeah, yeah. The beginning of the movie I thought was like okay with like the backstory with Lakeith Stanfield and his wife. He was great. Um, I he thought he's great. Great Dan- actor. Danny DeVito has a really funny line at the very beginning where he, he he's like this kooky old professor or something. I laughed every time he spoke in the theater <laughs> and Julia was like, you can't even watch him in anything anymore. Can you? And I was like, not really. I was like, no, he's just Frank to me now. Yeah, he'll always be Frank Reynolds. Yeah. And he's like, we got to find these ghosts. <laughs> I was just like, was like, I can't <laughs> handle this guy. There's that scene where he, they, the ghosts like want to take him out of the house. So they've got him in a chair and he's like running down the side or whatever. And he's like, he's like, Whoa! And I was like, man, it's just, it's from him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Rosa, again, shout out to Rosario. I thought she was really, really great in it. I didn't hate yeah. her, like her son, like the character of the son. I um, the son was actually a pretty good little kid actor. Yeah, he's a good kid actor. I liked yeah, all. I really the- felt for that, for that little kid. I was like, oh, yeah, it's poor little baby. All the little pieces I really liked. I liked the the emotional backstory. I liked where they were going with the theme of like, you know, yeah, letting things be and letting things go to rest and all this stuff. And like, I, I really enjoyed a lot of that stuff. And then, yeah, it just turns into gobbledygook, terrible fucking shit, CGI awfulness towards the yeah. end. And I was like, third act aside, I think the movie is actually pretty, pretty good, pretty well written, interesting enough of like a mystery to determine whose house it was and who was this hatbox ghost yada 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 um i like the i like the majority of the performances in, in actuality i think they were fun it kind of reminded me of like a um you know like a classic disney live action movie where it's like a little bit of comedy a little bit of actual like dramatic performances like in pirates of the caribbean or something sure um, but yeah, Lakeith, Lakeith and Rosario were for sure the standouts for me. I thought Owen Wilson was just kind of there, but like funny, but like just kind of there. He's um, literally just Owen Wilson. It's like he walked Tiffany out of Haddish, trailer. same thing, just kind of yeah, there, yeah. you know, but I, I liked, I was in the spooky mood. It's officially spooky season if you, d- depending on who you ask. So I was excited to to finally get to see it. I'm glad I saw it in a the theater. Saw it in the largest theater possible on Disney property. It had a balcony. That's how big the theater was. So Are you fucking it was, kidding me? It was me, Julia, and like 10 other people <laughs> <laughs> at like five in the afternoon on Labor Day. Um, but yeah, we both we both had a good time. So good. Yeah. I uh I don't know. It's it's a movie I'll never ever think about ever, ever again. Um I might spin it back on Disney Plus like if my folks ever want to watch it because they, they wanted to go see it too. I also love that they set it in New Orleans where the original Haunted Mansion. Yeah, I like the setting is set. I think that works. New Orleans is like the most haunted place in the continental US. So I think that's really cool to lean into that. Yeah, Love the concept of the hitchhiking ghosts from the ride being incorporated into the movie where you leave the mansion and it goes home with you. I thought that was really cool. Yes, that is the I like best. the Luigi's Mansion camera where they're trying to like capture them on like a spectrometer. 
you know all of this stuff all of this is great all of this setup is great <laughs> i love when he goes home and he's like got the ship captain yeah that's hanging like with them. they let him go at the sea at the end i think that was funny <laughs> yeah i i just i man it, i just wanted it to come together to a more satisfying conclusion and more simple but it just turns into like i just i guess yeah you put it right like the marvel-esque ending like i just thought it was like it becomes a superhero fight. It becomes a yeah. superhero fight. Yeah, I just and it reminded me of the 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 Ghostbusters 2016. You remember that movie? No, I didn't see that one. You never. You didn't the one with Melissa McCarthy and no, yeah. I didn't yeah, see that one. I haven't seen the new Ghostbusters that. either. To be fair, but I like the new Ghostbusters. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was just it was kind of whatever. I it's just we'll talk about it when we get to the budget, the box office news here in a little while. Um, but. Man, it just seemed like I kept why I was watching because I was like, they released like it a... in the fucking in July. You get what are you doing? Like, drop this in late September or October or something. Like, a family friendly horror movie for Halloween would have made gangbusters, especially now that nothing's coming out in October like Dune or something. I think they like, must have they must have released it because have, they had to make some sort of deadline. They must have had they must have had a budget planned out. And like it, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like they sat on that Mulan movie for like a whole year before they dropped it. I don't know what they're doing, but yeah, they'll release it in they'll release it on Disney Plus in October and it'll get more viewership there. But is that gonna raise subscriber levels? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what their strategy was, but whatever it was, it was not the right move because no one saw this fucking movie. Yeah. Danny DeVito didn't even see this movie. Danny DeVito doesn't know where he's at half the time. <laughs> His the fucking like rain jacket suit, the clear rain jacket and the galosh hat. Oh my God, what a fucking legend. He's he's yeah. killing it. He's a legend. Uh, you saw the Meg too. I did see the Meg Chu coal in the trench. Uh, yeah. My dad, my sister and I saw it together. And uh, it happened. It was, it was okay. It was fine. It was a fun shark movie. But... Not better than the first one. Um, Jason Statham is is doing his best to continue to fight CGI sharks on a jet ski uh, <laughs> and looking good doing it. But uh, I was telling my parents after the next day, I was like, this movie is filmed by a Chinese production company. So it's clearly made for the Chinese box office, which is like at the in the sea, giant monsters, you know, kaiju type stuff. Chinese actors, a lot of Chinese dialogue with subtitles, stuff like that. Like it's clearly made for a different market. Um, and I still found myself really enjoying it, obviously. But the fact that this is now a franchise is also pretty insane. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we had a, we had a fun we had a fun time watching the the heroes defend a place. Zach in the movie, the 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 third act location is a vacation resort that is called Fun Island. And that's what they're defending from the sharks. Fun, so. fun as an F U N, like the song. Fun Island. Fun Island. Yep. Huh. Great writing. Just real literal with it. And I kind of respected it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's yeah, it was good. <laughs> didn't what did uh, what did uh, Shelby think? The the queen of shark movies. What she, she said about? it was great, but that it wasn't as good as the first one. Okay, stamp of yeah. approval right there, folks. <laughs> yeah, will we get a Meg 3 TBD? I'm down. Let's do it. 
crossover the Meg with Aquaman and you got yourself a fucking star-studded franchise right there. We'll talk about Aquaman here in a little bit. Remember when they were going to make the Trench movie? That was a that was a movie. I do. It was like a trench. show, right? On HBO Max. I don't know, but I, I yeah, they, that's uh, that a is movie. I reread I reread that Aquaman comic with the Trench and that shit rules. Mm-hmm. Um we got some video games to talk about. I have one video game that is consuming my life. I could talk about that. <laughs> let me quick let me run through mine and then I'll ask you about Zelda because everyone everyone wants to hear the the John Parker Zelda update. It's been months. Um so it's been a fucking busy year for video games. Not only has this this year's years just been crazy crazy video games and we still have so much more to go. Spider-Man Oops, but like the year's just been crazy. Like all these awesome video games came out and, uh, you know, I've just been enjoying all of them. I finished final fantasy 15. Zelda has been amazing. Um, or 16 final fantasy 16. Um, Oh man, the list goes on. I'm just, I'm struggling to remember a bunch of the big ones. Um, but the ones that have happened over the last month or two, since the last time we really recorded and talked about it, I played and beat Diablo four. So it's a, Top-down dungeon crawler. I played yeah, a barbarian, Blizzard, right? Blizzard game. It's a, I'm a barbar. I was a barbarian. Uh, really like the the hand-to-hand combat stuff. It's really nerdy. It's nerdy as shit. It's probably the nerdiest video game I've ever played in my life. But yeah, uh, definitely. Because you're like doing mana potions, and I mean, you're like, it's like Gauntlet, like, right? It's, it's like just like Gauntlet. Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, it's the same exact concept as Gauntlet. And but you're in like, hell. But you're in hell. Well, you're in like a Nordic village and eventually and every now and then you enter these portals that go to hell and you fight demons and and stuff like that. Did you ever play Warcraft three? I never got into Warcraft. That was never my cup of tea. I liked Warcraft three a lot. That's kind of the same vein. It sounds like where it's like the top down strategy. I thought that was fun. Yeah. I liked all the little I liked all the little like (laughs) like little uh dialogue things they say when you click on the unit. (laughs) Something you doing. Uh, Warcraft 3 <laughs> fans know that if you're out there. I played that oh. for just like a little bit. I couldn't get past level five, so it doesn't matter. Damn. I was um, in but middle school. <laughs> it's a really fun Diablo Diablo 4, really fun game. It was fun to just put on music or listen to a podcast and go around slaying demons, upgrading your character. So the how does one beat a Diablo 4? Do you how fight one Satan? Beat? Uh so the no. main boss is like a demon, a demon queen named Lilith. And so she's the final boss. Lilith, so, Lilith yeah. <laughs> she's not like Lilith. No, they say it in the, the thing. Lilith, wow. yeah. Lilith, Lilith. I'm sure it's based on some fucking Nordic lore that we're unaware of. Um, Look it up. Yeah, go to Google. Um, but no, it, it. I played it. It was like 40 hours or something like that. Rolled credits. Female entity in Near Eastern mythology. Okay, there you go. But yeah, she's got spiky horns. She kind of looks like hell uh, from She's theorized Ragnarok. to be the first wife of Adam, supposedly a primordial she-demon. Lilith is cited <laughs> as being banished from the Garden of Eden for not complying and obeying with Adam. She is mentioned in the biblical Hebrew and book of Isaiah. Interesting. So she's real biblical shit, you know? So she was like his mistress, not Eve. Whoa. Adam, kind of a piece of shit. But y'all knew that. <laughs> y'all knew that. Yep. Sorry um, to cut you off there. No, it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Diablo's fun. After that, I played a little bit of uh, Planet of Lana, which is a really, really beautiful 2D side-scrolling game that's available on Game Pass. It's also on PlayStation 5. 
Uh, it's a little expensive. I think it's like $25, but it's a really beautiful looking art style. Like if you ever go check it out online, um, maybe watch a video of it or something like that. Um, maybe don't recommend like rushing out to buy it, but it's free if you subscribe to Game Pass. So basically I subscribed to Game Pass Ultimate again. I took a long break and I resubscribed to Game Pass Ultimate because Starfield is coming, is out now. This it's looks, Starfield's out. Yeah, it's Starfield season. It's Starfield season, baby. This um, looks cute. Yeah, so basically I've been playing a bunch of like other games that are on Game Pass for free because I subscribed to get Starfield. Planet of Lana okay. was one of these games. I played it for a few hours, really enjoyed it. I'll probably eventually make is it Is it back. developed by the people who did Inside? No, it is not, but it's similar vibes. And I Inside, is, folks know, is one of my favorite video games of all time. Um, fucked so, up game, man. So fucked, fucked up. up. Uh, that studio needs to hurry, shit or get off the pot and release a new fucking video game because I'm... Is that uh, the only game they've made? They made two. They made Limbo back in like 2012 and then they made Inside back in 2018 and they've been quiet ever since Inside came out. They've, they haven't said anything except for they're working huh. on something. And I want it. I want it so bad. Um, but yeah, I played Planet of Lana for a few hours. I'll get back to it eventually. I played Sea of Stars for about... 10 hours. I want to really make it back to that. That is like an old Sega Genesis style top-down strategy role-playing game. Um, turn-based combat. It's a beautiful cell, sh- like a 16-bit graphic. It kind of looks like uh, Chrono Trigger or Fantasy Star. Uh, it is a beautiful game. The combat is super-duper fun. Very old school. Huh. That was getting me in a nice little mood. The soundtrack is magnifique. It seems like, like top-down Zelda. Yeah, it's but it's less like dungeon crawling, like Zelda fighting people. It's like you'll run into people and then have Pokemon battles. So it's like you have your attack, you have skills, you have items, you can use mana, whatever you want to do. So it's like it looks kind of like PS5 Zelda. and Nintendo Switch. And yeah, Xbox. it's on PS5 and Switch. Uh, I played it on PS. Um, no, I played it on the Xbox. Um, but it's really, really good. Uh, it's really, really fun. And then I also played a shout out to to here uh, a little bit of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, it's an asymmetrical horror game, just like Dead by Daylight, which is the game that Tahir sunk 400 hours into. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Did you get caught by Leatherface? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, that game is fucked up and would be really, really fun to play in like a group of people. I'll play it with you tomorrow if you want. Oh, yeah. That's actually a fun idea. Um, spooky but yeah, season. It's really Dude, spooky. It's really, t- it's oh, really ang- anxiety inducing. Like, is the grandpa in it? Yes, the grandpa's. Oh, I'm not playing. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then, yeah. So, and then the big deal was Starfield, and I won't spend too much time on it because I'm super duper fucking early. But yeah, this yesterday, Wednesday the sixth, was the first day for Starfield. So I played it for all of five hours, four or five hours between yesterday a little bit today. Um, it's really, really great so far. Love the atmosphere for people that love space. Like I do super into it. It's definitely going to be a big space guy over here. It's going to be the game. I'm going to just sink hours and hours into it until question. What is the difference between Starfield and say a no man's sky? Um, it's a great question. You can tell that Starfield takes a lot of inspiration from no man's sky. Um, the difference, in my opinion, at least from the surface so far, is that No Man's Sky was developed by a team of 15 people, if I'm not mistaken. No Man's Sky was an independent game made by Hello Games, and they worked on a shoestring budget before getting some funding from like Sony back in the day. And then they released a game that wasn't like super crazy in depth, um, but it was like highly anticipated. Over the years, they've improved upon it. Starfield 
is a $500 million project that's worked on by the same people that made Skyrim and Oblivion and Fallout. So it's got all of the uh, quality of life and Bethesda stuff and yeah. Bethesda stuff. So really good voice acting, really intricate quest lines, characters, mm. dialogue. No man. When I first played no man's sky, there was no, there's no dialogue in the game. Like you'll meet aliens, but it's just text on the screen. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay. So it's like Starfield is the evolution of that. And you could tell that they took a lot of inspiration from no man's sky, but um, really enjoying it so far. Um, I'm about to send you something. I'm glad. I'm glad I thought about this now. I so I'm role playing. Are you me? I'm role playing, not you specifically, not okay. you. Tell but me. I did create a character, and it, so there's a really de- in depth create a character, just like any Bethesda game. And I was like, okay, who do I want to be? Do I want to yeah. be some kind of space pirate? Do I want to be fucking Roman roaming the galaxy? Do I want to be Zach? Do I want to model a character after myself? What do I want to do here? And then I and then I landed on uh you know they have a bunch of different you can choose like uh it asks you like okay so w- tell me about your past and you have a bunch of different selectors that you can choose from in terms of like what your past career was and one of those options was chef and so <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Tummy Buffett and I'm okay, going to be <laughs> I tried to make him look like right now. So this photo of him in the spacesuit is is the the base photo character creator. I tried to make him kind of look like you. Um, yeah, he, he kind of looks a little bit like me. He looks a little bit like you. He's got the lettuce though, so it's longer hair. I picture Tommy Buffett with a little bit longer hair. Can I read the bio? Yeah, read the bio. Chef. While the unrefined masses scarf down chunks by the shipyard shipload. You catered those with a more discerning palate. In your kitchen, countless alien species became true culinary masterpieces. Delicious. So my skills to start are, I have uh, extra gastronomy, dueling, and scavenging. (laughs) Amazing. I love it. Yeah. and That's uh, cool. Seems fun. So I'm role-playing as Tummy Buffett. Uh, That photo of him is with a space shoot that you get right off the bat when you first start the game. But right now, he's got these awesome military pants and a white wife beater (laughs) Uh, that's dope (laughs) and so i'm running around these fucking phantom planets or whatever like shooting aliens with a goddamn like tank top on are the aliens scary Uh, i've seen some pretty freaky deaky looking ones but mostly i've been running to scat into like scavengers like there's like space pirates out Mm, there they're like trying to space pirates like in mando season three pirate king gorian shard remember that guy whatever you say (laughs) the salad guy oh yeah i remember one thing so uh yeah it's a really fun game um we'll see i'm I'm interested to see where the story's going but yeah that's about it for me cool you've been playing zelda i have been playing zelda i haven't progressed in the story i've been distracted by finding elves caves and exploring the depth um and the sky had a lot of fun i took it to birmingham but just played it portably i'm mm-hmm. gonna take it back down with me when i head back down there and uh that game rules. It's so cool. I love doing the sky labyrinths that then go to the main labyrinth yes. that then goes to the basement labyrinth. Yeah. That's cool. Um, That's cool. <laughs> some of the side quests are so ridiculous, like moving the Koroks around with the carts and stuff like that. Or like, I think I told the story on the pod of like, I had the hardest time getting the guy out of that hole, but like, it's a lot easier to do other stuff like fight bosses and things. Um, I was showing it to Shelby. I taught her how to make food. And so she was just playing my switch for like 
five minutes just like what happens if i throw this and this in a pot i was like it'll cook it i was like it might not be food it'll say dubious food but like you could still cook it if you want so that was pretty fun she got a lot of enjoyment out of that that's fun and um yeah so just been foraging riding my horses i got a bunch of horses now i have carmy santiago obviously i got timmy um stella and uh that's it yeah those are my four boys <laughs> these are my boys these are my ponies i ride the ponies around um but nice. yeah man the game the having the extra layers while keeping hyrule almost relatively the same with the exception of like where the shrines are is, is such a fun idea and i'm just like in no rush to finish it so cool really yeah i mean it. i figured it would be a game that you would suck <clears throat> some time that would suck some time out of you so stuck, stuck some time yep yeah. That moth fight in the desert, it was really cool. Um, I think we talked about that on the last pod that we did, but had a lot of fun in the Gerudo Desert, yeah. for sure. So, so I still big... have to do the mountain and the ocean. I haven't, I've literally not even explored the eastern part of the map. Like, it's still blue. Like, I haven't even been over there yet. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> and I've played, like, <laughs> like, 30 hours, 40 hours, maybe. So That's the beauty of this game, man. I mean, just they haven't only... even walked over there, yeah. yeah. These these things come around once in a while, you know. You gotta savor it. Do it. Would do what you want with it. You know, play it the yeah. way you want to do. For me, I haven't haven't even found the stable where the fairy is, so I can upgrade my armor. Like, mm, yeah, haven't even done that yet. Crazy. Yeah. The first thing that I did in that game was I went to every tower. Like I cleared every. I wanted to be mm. able to see the whole damn map, so I went to every single tower and did the 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 puzzles. That's like I the first thing I did. That. Yeah, I should probably do that. It's fine. We play things different ways. So yeah, that's the uh, beauty of video like, games. Right? I'm like, I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> um, I did. Your find link those... is so much more relaxed than mine. Mine's Dude, like ADD as fuck. My link does not give a shit about. He's just like Zelda. Who? <laughs> I got all these honeys around at these stables. All these like, like I got a night wenches. I, yeah. I got four horses and a working hand. I'm just fine. I don't need to. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just out riding around in the desert at night fighting skeletons and looking for mushrooms. Um, I did finally find one of those statues that you can give the pose to. So I know we talked about nice. that on the last one. So did you find the one at lookout landing? The one I that's did. like right there with you. He's literally been there the whole time. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I was like, I did I totally missed it the first time. So I still don't understand how that demon statue works in lookout landing. The one that takes your life away. Have you seen that? You know, that guy, Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I literally think statue. it's just like if you want to, you know, sacrifice some life to get more stamina, or you could sacrifice. Oh, you can you can do tradesies, and then I'm buy pretty it sure back. you can do tradesies. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Maybe I'll do that before I fight Ganondorf or something. Just get like hella hearts, max out. Hella yeah. hearts, baby. Yeah. Um, nice. And then the last thing I'll I'll say is the um. The hand, the incorporating the building mechanics. I love it. I think it's great. I love the the rebuild hand that allows you to just build stuff that you've already built before. Oh, so you did That's, find that. You found that in the depths? I did find that guy, that fucking, the Yiga clan guy. Yeah. That fucking yeah. clown. <laughs> just like smacking around with my dong. He's like, uh, <laughs> he's like Eggman. He's like Dr. Robotnik. He's I know. Like fighting he's it's like so funny that the the depths is like a scary little place to be. And then the main boss down there so far for me has just been this fucking clown shoe. Oh, Jesus. There's a there's some bosses in the depths that will make I your did, I did go find, inside your body. So like my first temple was the air temple, which is that giant serpent. And then I was walking around the depths 
and he's down there too. I was like, what the, what the fuck? And so I fought him again. He's scarier in the dark though, for sure. But yeah. Nice. Zelda. Well, check it out. Tell me about uh, tell me about your comics, dude. You've been you've been, oh, you've been you wrote yeah. comics on here. Yeah, There's a lot of them. <laughs> How's your stack looking? <laughs> you can. Uh, I might just hide it tomorrow so that you don't see it and become a. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to look at the comics that I've already read for the last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, comics is good. I picked up my stack yesterday from Carolyn Johns. Told them I was going to be on another leave, and they're like, "No worries, we'll keep holding your shit." Um, I am really digging no, no surprise to anybody really digging what they're doing over at DC right now Um, Batman has been great it was kind of in a lull and Detective was better for a little bit now it's flipped it's back back to being on top Um, Batman Brave and the Bold is a fun anthology series that they have going on so that's good if you have a little bit of extra dough and you want to get into some fun little anthology stories with different new artists and stuff like that that's really cool um i actually have a book that i wanted to show you i have to go grab it though in a second uh but again i've said it once i'll say it a million times the world's finest written by mark wade and drawn by dan mora has been like my favorite book in the last year so if you're looking for some fun superhero action that's beautifully drawn yeah that's been fucking incredible um zadarsky's run on daredevil is coming to a close so that'll be Interesting. When a new writer takes over that, I'll probably still get it just because Daredevil's my boy. Um, and uh, Saga's on another hiatus. Fucking, it's so weird. It's been. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe yeah, that I went to the comic shop and I was like, I should have like two issues of Saga, and they're like, Nope, it's on another hiatus. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Um, it's reaching George R. R. Martin worry worry mode for me. I'm like genuinely worried that that book will never get completed. Um. Cause they barely got into part two. You know what I mean? Like there's what been 12 issues, maybe most. And I got to so be that, perfectly honest. I was not digging. Much yeah. Of it. it started out strong and then it tapered off for me. Um, it's at, at the point now for me, I feel like I'm going to have to re- reread all of saga when it's done. You know what I mean? Just in order to get it because like it was, it was so spaced out that I couldn't even remember. Sorry. What happened in the issue prior? So, um, and then, yeah, uh, so Superman, the main Superman book has been really good. So if you're looking for a fun Superman book with the James Gunn Superman movie in the works and stuff like that, if you're looking for like the the Dick Donner like feel for Superman, that book has been fantastic as well. Um, and then books that are coming out that I'm interested in. Oh, yeah. And then Nightwing. We talked about Nightwing before, too. That's still firing on all cylinders. But the books that are coming out that I'm looking forward to, uh, there's a new Wonder Woman that starts with Tom King, who wrote Batman for the longest time. He's a great writer. He also wrote Strange Adventures and uh, Mr. Miracle. So hopefully that means that he'll put some some fun, um, unique story takes for Diana, uh, which sometimes is a book that I don't think gets enough love that it should, considering that Wonder Woman's like a flagship character for them when they want her to be. Yeah, Seems right. a little weird. Um, put, put some respect on it. You know what I mean? And then uh, Batman and Robin number one comes out uh, in the next two weeks. So that should be fun to have those characters reunited. So, but let me show you a book that I just got. I haven't read it yet, but the cover, the cover is pretty dope. Just vamp for me. Yeah. We're going to vamp for just a quick second. This week's episode of Radiovania is brought to you by ESPN fantasy football. You want to get mad at your friends and lose money doing it. Use. All right. He's back. What'd you talk about? 
Oh, nothing. Check Just out this new look bent over. Sorry. Oh, yeah. You're checking out my backside. <laughs> Check out this. So there's a new book coming, coming out called The Immortal Thor. Look at how dope this this Alex Ross cover is. Whoa. It's like a painting. And it's it looks very... like a kingdom come. Yeah. Well, it's the same artist. Oh, that's, that's Alex Ross. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. That checks out then. <laughs> yeah. So he's not doing the interior art, but he's doing the covers and it just looks dope. And I okay. love a good Thor book, but it's um, it's helmet Thor. So I'm excited. So I don't really get into new Marvel books very often, so I'll have to get back to you on that one, whether this one's good. But um, yeah, so okay, that's a comic cool. update. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I've been um, still been reading. I've been trying to read comics, but, you know, as as predictable, it's been. Bad news for Zach and boy, have you thought about just like stopping your polls so you're not wasting money? I don't feel like I'm wasting money. I'm supporting the comic book industry. But you're not reading them. <laughs> but I will. <laughs> but when? <laughs> I don't know, but I'd rather be supporting the industry and sure. getting some cool stuff and then eventually read these books. I'll be fine. Okay. However you want to do it, far be it for me to tell you how to read comics. I will be just fine. However, um, I'm going to have to, got to have a serious, got to have a serious conversation in my head of whether or not I'm going to continue supporting the store that I am supporting because of convenience. It is Seems uh, out of your way. It's a bit, it's just difficult. Um, I like that store. I like the concept of what they're going for, but the yeah. location just makes it hard for me to go pick up my books. Like if I was it somewhere with a parking lot <laughs> yeah, or not street parking, that's always packed. Um, but that's sure. a conversation for another day. Um, yeah. football, baseball, how we yeah, wanna, baseball, how we final, this. yeah, baseball's final push. Right? Reds might make the wild card and the Rays are pretty much a lock for a wild card spot. So both of us will be invested in the postseason in the next couple weeks. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Um, that's all I really have there. I'm just, I'm really you got a invested. Wade Boggs and then I got my Wade Boggs jersey that I'm going to yeah. wear for, for the playoffs this year. Hope it brings me some good luck. And then, uh, yeah, f- football's back, baby. College started last weekend. NFL starts right the fuck now. We had our fantasy draft, so the shit talking on the pod can resume when mm. Zach and I are in weeks that are matched up, where he just puts his dick down my throat. Um, I don't know. I smell. I smell big things for you this year, man. I actually. I, I mean, I got that, what uh, I wanted last year, which was Radiovania Bowl in back-to-back weeks. So that's literally the best I'll ever be <laughs> against <damn> you. <laughs> what? What a what a nuclear bomb you just dropped on me those two weeks back to back. That's a uh, that's yeah. that's atrocious. That that was sorry about that, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. It's just it was, uh, at, a, it was at a rough time for you too. I didn't feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. Merry wow. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah i'm excited for football i'm excited it's just like it was a coolish kind of day in cincinnati the sky was overcast it was there was a nice cool breeze football's on and i was like man it's just i can smell the fall air i can smell i'm gonna start putting some chili on the fucking stove here in a couple weeks i'm gonna be you know opening up all the windows i'm gonna be you know putting on a hoodie in the morning instead of sweating (laughs) so i'm looking forward to it yeah man Fall is here and I'm excited about it for sure. And we fall, got a fun camping trip coming up. That is and we're actually going in the fall instead of instead of the, the winter or the summer. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah. And uh John, we've got a lot of news to co- to cover because August is uh it was a big month. We still got a lot of stuff going on for September. 
Um, before we do that, I think uh, we should take a moment and uh, do the do a section a special segment of the show. Um, and then after that, we'll take a quick five minute breather to use the okay. restroom and get some wine. Um, but we're going to have a little segment here called the Radiovania in memoriam. And, and, uh, you know, Zach and John Radiovania is a nerd culture podcast. We are a fun podcast to bring a little bit of levity into your life. And it's a thing that John and I do selfishly to bring a little levity into our own lives. I think, um, it's a fun outlet for us to talk about stuff, but, the last few weeks, we've had quite a few big notable losses in the entertainment world. Yeah. Um, almost eerily, like back to back to back to back to back. And a lot of them coincide with some of our like um, some strong nostalgia for the both of us. So Definitely. rather than, you know, really like go, I don't really know how the best way to handle this is, but we kind of just wanted to, you know, acknowledge the people that, you know, the couple big notable names that have passed away recently in the entertainment world and kind of just talk about it for a little bit. Uh, we don't have to spend a world's amount of time on it, but uh, they were notable figures for the two of us. So I think that it's, it's worth uh, discussing at least a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, we're here to make jokes and, and be funny. Um, so we'll, we'll, we, you know, we'll have some, le- we'll have some levity here, but you know, this is, it, it's it's just weird like you know like the last month has just been like it's it's just been like it's been crazy like there's just been so many notable people from that have just that uh, we've lost so yeah a lot of them from cancer too which is just really sad yeah yeah absolutely um but let's stop it let's start at the top uh and kind of go down the list here um yeah it sucks because there's one, two, three, four, five on here, but five, five like household names for our households. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's more on here, I guess, like in memoriam mentionable that I did not get to put on the list here was the lead singer smash mouth passed away this past week. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. I did. Yeah. Um, struggle with liver disease, which is, is horrifying to think about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so and depression and all that stuff. But um, yeah, so starting off at the top, Arlene Sorkin. Um, first one on the list, I think maybe one of the more important ones for the two of us, especially for yeah. you. Um, yeah. She was the original voice of Harley Quinn. Uh, she passed away uh, and uh, the news was broken on August 26th of the year. Uh, she was 67. Um, Very young. Yeah, pretty young. Um her portrayal of Harley Quinn was seen by many as one of the Batman animated series' most iconic voice roles, being right up there with Mark Hamill's Joker and Kevin Conroy's Batman. In recent years, the character had been played in live action by Margot Robbie, soon Lady Gaga, and voiced by Ke- Kaylee Cuco on the HBO Max animated series. But many still consider Sorkin the definitive take on the part. Um, I think, you know, just to say my piece real quick, I think that what an influential voice, what an influential thing for pop culture. We would not have uh, Harley Quinn the way that she is thought about now as a fictionalized character without the voice behind her. So yeah, no way. Yeah. T- that is a, that is a tough, tough loss. Um, yeah. To lose her and Conroy. So, so like close together too, is just real. Sure. Sad, sad moment for Batman, the animated series fans. But yeah, I mean, you said it exactly right which is that that character was 
you know, so popular from that animated show that she eventually became literally like a flagship character for DC, it seems, you know, now being played in the movies by Margot Robbie and having a Harley Quinn like comic title, like it carries its own weight these days besides just being in Suicide Squad or a Batman villain or something. Um, but yeah, it all begins with, with with her getting a call from her friend Paul Dini about a fun little bit character that he has in an episode called The Joker's Favor. And now look at the Harley Quinn renaissance that we've had over the last 25, 30 years. It's just really, yeah. really special. So, And she's a big, big part of that, obviously. Oh, yeah. Those, those two co-created that character in a way, if you think about it. And we have a lot more fun Harley Quinn episodes to get to on our Radio awesome. Vision rewatch. And I'm looking forward to to enjoying those with you. She's such a funny character. Like her and Mark Hamill just bring such a level of humor to that show that like makes it so iconic, you know? And um, it's sad, sad. It's going to be sad to rewatch those now, but, but you know, her legacy will live on because that show, as we've talked about many times, especially when we talked about Conroy's passing is just like generational now. Like it's just going to be passed down to people that are big fans of it. And so you have to think, it's special in a way that even though she didn't have such a big acting career, she's more like a screenwriter and producer, but like that character and that singular performance is going to be timeless. Yeah. Which is what I'm sure every actor could hope for. Oh yeah. And I mean, you know, that character will continue on to go. It's like, you know, no one had a, no one had, she was created for the animated series. No one had a visualization or an audio I do, what it what it would sound like to be Harley Quinn until she put that voice to the role and Margot Robbie. I don't know if she's ever given any quotes on where she drew her inspiration from. If she'd listened to yeah. Arlene Sorkin, had to have right? had to I mean, have had because to it have. sounds exactly Mr. J. Like <laughs> I mean, it's 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 fucking iconic. So yeah, that that voice and that character are just incredibly tied together. So you know, yeah, Kaylee huge Kuko awesome too, legacy deriving a lot of influence from her for the Harley Quinn animated series for sure. So. Yeah. And you've been enjoying that show. Does Arlene had did Arlene Sorkin do any voice work for the Harley Quinn HBO show or no? She was not involved at all. You know, I don't I don't really know. Um I can't remember. Can't remember. I haven't gotten to it yet if there was. So Okay. It, they would probably do something small like her playing her mom or something like that. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, Arlene Sorkin has a Brooklyn accent, and so she just wanted to do something that was natural for her. And created that part of the character. You know what I mean? And now that that now that's where Harley's from. So Yep. Very cool. But yeah, her memory will definitely live on and, and she will be missed. But she has also, we should say, unlike Kevin Conroy, not that this is a, a knock against her or anything like that. She hasn't been Harley Quinn since Batman the Animated Series went off the air. Tara Strong took over those duties in the late nineties, early two thousands for like the video games and stuff. Right. That character will also live on from an animated perspective as well, as it has already with Kaylee Kuko. So, hell yeah, for sure. R.I.P. Sure. Yes, indeed. Um, thank you, Arlene, for all of the awesome fucking episodes of Batman the Animated Series and all that shit that we get to watch. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, keeping the keeping the positivity train a rolling here we, we just got, gotta yeah we just gotta power through these it's not I know, fun to yeah, talk about but. i know um yeah paul rubens passed away that was the next big like the next yeah. big one on the list here uh known for being uh Wee herman he passed away uh this was 
this broke on uh, July 31st. So this is like right on the tail end of July. This is right before we did like the mini sode, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he passed away private bout with cancer that he was battling for a while. Um, I mean, what more can be fucking said about Pee Wee's Big Adventure is one of one of the best comedies of all time. I loved Pee Wee growing up. I thought that Paul Rubens is just genius. Also, shout out to being Penguin's father in Batman Forever. That's what I was going to say. Batman Returns. Or him, Batman his, Returns. his friendship with uh, Tim Burton. Getting him in there. Yeah. Throw, throwing a young Oswald down the drain. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, Pee Wee thing, though. I mean, like, that's a big old, big old body of work. For sure. One that I'm not overly familiar with. Um, not really a Parker household thing per se, but I've had various exposures in different, different, you know, cable runs and stuff like that. But um, he's for me personally, big, uh, big role as Captain Rex, the droid in Star Tours, which is a Disney World Star Wars attraction. Wow. OK. Very fun voice performance for that droid and now lives on as DJ Rex in the cantina at Galaxy's Edge. So oh, Rubens, cool. his voice will continue. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, so you, have you never seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure? No. Holy moly. We got to watch that movie. You got to watch that movie, dude. That is one of the all, that is an all-time comedy. It is so fucking funny. Yeah. It is like, it, it's so adult and dark. Like, I remember watching it when I was younger, thinking like, oh, it's a Pee-wee movie. That's funny. It's like Pee-wee's Playhouse. But then you watch the movie and there's like, there's like violence and like some like pretty promiscuous stuff and like <laughs> a lot of really awesome adult humor. And he is just fucking hilarious throughout the whole movie. It's it's such yeah. a genius movie. One of the all time comedies out there. So give go out there if you've not watched that shit. Go ahead and give Pee Wee's Big Adventure another watch and tell him large Marge sent you. <laughs> Sounds good. It's a quote from the movie that also scared the shit out of me as a kid. I, there's a scene in the Pee Wee's Big Adventure that literally gave me nightmares for like weeks. Oh, good. Yeah. Good to know. Tell yeah, them we'll definitely... Marge Marge sent you. Cal, has has Cal seen Pee Wee's Big of Adventure? Of course, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Cal's seen all these movies and he's going to he's gonna listen to this and he'll be like, you're not in the will anymore. But What the hell, kid? <laughs> <laughs> is what it is, man. I, I just can't get to it all. But that's, that's, that's what I have you guys for. So. Yeah, Paul Rubens, incredible body of work. Thank you for, you know, I, I get so much joy out of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Started watching it again after, like, he after he passed away, heard the news. I, like, put on some clips and watched some of the movies. Yeah. I was like, man, what a what a great comedic, like, physical comedy actor. So, surely, yeah. surely will be missed. That's, that's, that's tough. Definitely. Um, the next one is uh, especially, um, you know, impactful for me because i mean he's i really only know him for the one specific role but mark margolis passed away who's the uh, actor that plays hector salamanca with the bell yeah Yeah. one of the most uh one of the most iconic images i would say in in tv pop culture history of the last like couple decades probably like since the 2000s is like the wheelchair ding 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 like you could do that and people would know who you're talking about yeah. um just an incredible physical performance too considering like he's a totally of sound mind and body and healthy and like that was his role was to be hector salamanca who is like dealing with all this stuff 
Uh, I can't say anything more because um, he's in Better Call Saul uh, before he gets put in the wheelchair. And (laughs) oh, that's cool. He's fucking awesome in Better Call Saul. Like the moments that he yes, when he's like he is talking lines and like like he he's standing and walking around. It's like him when he's younger. And Mm -hmm. man, that guy is such such a good actor and so fucking like you just hate him. Like he's on screen and he's so despicable. Uh, Such a great acting talent. Like, I mean, I just think that what an influential role to play. Um, I know that he's had some other smaller acting bit parts, but like, yeah, that was a big one for, for me for breaking bad and better call Saul, which are two of my favorite TV shows of all time. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, To Mark Michaelis for sure. Next up, uh, Bob Barker passed away at 99. You're so close, man. God damn. Closest without going over. I know, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We love you, Bob. Uh, Yeah. yeah, What a a guy. Passed away due to natural causes. He was, uh, you know, known for being the longtime host of The Price is Right, which is a fucking awesome show. Um, Fantastic. What's that? uh, Wayne Wayne Brady holds in there. I thought it was uh, Drew Carey. Oh, you're right. I'm thinking of something else. I think Wayne Brady does have a show now, though. I think Wayne Brady does have a game show. But yeah, Drew Carey, I think, is still doing Prices Right. Wayne Brady. Um, anyway. But yeah, um, man, Prices Right, Let's Bob make Barker. A deal. Would... Wayne Brady's on Let's Make a Deal? Mm-hmm. What yep. the fuck? Yeah. Hey, make your bag, Wayne Brady. He does. He He does. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that here's the, all I'll say about Bob Barker. And like, I mean, just like growing up watching him on daytime TV, it's like when you called off when you were sick from school, you watch judge Judy Price is right. Maury Povich and the weather channel and man alive. Did I love, uh, I love the Price is right. I thought that shit was so great. And the people are so awesome. The, the people watching are great. And Bob Barker was always just so funny and charismatic. Um, and I thought it was really wholesome, like when he when the news broke that he passed away, people were showing like sharing clips on social media of their favorite like prices right moments. And a bunch of people online were sharing, like, I was on the prices right. This was my episode or whatever. And uh who was it? Was it it was Aaron Paul, right? Because Aaron Paul was on Prices Right before he became an actor in Breaking Bad. And he shared that clip of him when he was on the show and he's like, R.I.P. Bob. And I was like, Man, so funny. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Big household name for sure. Mm-hmm. and a big uh, life absolutely uh one big more animal rights activist too right yep animal rights activist so he was known i mean that was like his big thing i think he was the one that like popularized the whole don't forget to spay and new your pets or whatever like i think yep. that was i think that was old bobby <laughs> old bobby <laughs> <laughs> fixing the dogs <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so shout out to you bob shout out to bob barker influential person for sure uh the last big one before we take a big break here tough uh, one this is one that rocked the world world i've not seen a response like this in a long time in terms of a celebrity death Um, no no not for a very very long time probably since like chadwick yeah honestly that probably is the next bit the next like most comparable thing there so um where is the date here? I just want to make sure I got the date right. September 2nd. Does that sound right? It was the day after Labor Day. No, or it was, it was the day it was, after Labor Day, fr- the Friday, right? Yeah. 
So it was Saturday, the 2nd of September. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times publishes here, Jimmy Buffett, uh, the roguish bard of island escapism, has passed away at 76. Um, Skin cancer, too. Did you see that? I did. Mer- Merkel cell carcinoma, which is a rare and aggressive form of skin cast- cancer that he had lived with for four years, according to a statement on his website, said he, uh, he passed away on the east of Long Island. So he had been struggling with skin cancer while touring. Um, what a legend. What he was a in Cincinnati. I think he was in Cincinnati like two years ago. Have you seen him? No. Me neither. It's going to be the biggest regret of my life. I had the opportunity to go. Didn't get to go. Um, so Emily, pissed. Emily got to go see him, uh, with her mom and her brother and they did the Cincinnati riverboat to the concert. So they took the riverboat to the Buffett concert. She got to see him and like have the commemorative coin. And I was just like, I've, I'll never, I'll never have that experience. And that's just, I just no. have to be okay with that. So sad. Yeah. Seriously. He, what a, how many Buffett songs are we going to fucking listen to at Kelly's Island? Come on. <laughs> I've already added like two or three more so i think we just keep adding them (laughs) no it's so sad i mean like beyond the the catalog of music and then the restaurant chain and all that fun stuff like jimmy buffett from our parents generation and seeping a little bit into ours as well just like popularized essentially like relaxation culture which is like hey don't worry about your job don't worry about what's gotten you down like have a margarita, sit on a beach somewhere, listen to some fun music. Here's a song about a cheeseburger. Here's a song about a fish. Like, it doesn't really matter. You know, here's a song about a girl. He's like, he's like the, you know, the Willie Nelson of Yacht Rock. He's just like, he just like popularized this whole relaxation culture where it's just like, it's weekend time. You know what I mean? It's the weekend. It's Buffett time. You know what I mean? It's just like, let's just party, have a good time. Be with your friends, be with the ones you love. Yeah. Enjoy the weather, enjoy the sea, enjoy a nice stiff drink and a fucking juicy ass cheeseburger and just call it a day and doesn't matter. And you'll do the next thing and the next thing. And it's just like to have somebody, I think, be that be that memorable for a lot of people. Like it's it's sad to lose him, obviously, but he's he's definitely going to be a an icon for all time. So, Oh yeah. I mean, the person, the identity of Jimmy Buffett, like spawned an entire, like fa- it's like a fandom, right? Like the parrot heads, that culture. Like I'm so, I'm also, so here's the thing that I did talk to. I was talking to Emily about this is that like, you know, he, he announced tour dates for this summer, but they were like, they got canceled or whatever. And everyone yeah. was like, Oh God, like no one wanted to say it out loud that they were worried was, that there might yeah. be something going on. Yeah. Um, but I guarantee you, like it, it's like a Cincinnati shuts down when Buffett comes to town. Like they, they people leave work early. People like the, the lines. People start camping out for Riverbend like the night before. You'll see people tailgating in that lot the whole day, just hanging out. I guarantee you, they're gonna do some sort of like you know the parrot heads will tr- get some sort of tribute tour together to raise money for like you know cancer research and stuff like that. Like I guarantee you that that's what's going to happen. And, and that I will happily go to, it will be a fraction of the experience that it could have been, but um, just to be part of like the fact that he spawned that atmosphere, that culture is like a, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking incredible. You got to be pretty, pretty satisfied with that at the end of the day. Yeah. So the day, so he passed away on Saturday and Julia told me right when I woke up, cause she was awake. And she's like, 
something that's going to make you sad, but I need you to know before you see it on the internet and freak out. And I was like, what, 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 what? I was like freaking out. She's like, Jimmy Buffett passed away. And I was just like, so upset. I just like, like rolled over. I was like, no, I was just pissed yeah. at the world. But then like spent the rest of the weekend just toasting every drink to Jimmy. And then we went to Universal Studios and there's a Margaritaville there. So we had lunch in Margaritaville and um, you could tell everybody was feeling the same vibes, which is just like, let's just go to Margaritaville and drink to Jimmy. So expensive, Jimmy, I'll give you that one. You got me. But like, come on, <laughs> like I had to do it. <laughs> it was right there. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I've what never, I've never eaten there. With, uh, I've never been. Okay, there. so there's a Margaritaville in Cleveland. When you come up, we'll go. Okay, sounds like a plan. We'll go either before or after Kelly's or something like that. So there's a rooftop bar that overlooks Lake Erie. So Jimmy sounds gets like those, man. Sounds he like those uh, seventeen dollar drinks and that fourteen, that twenty five dollar burger is gonna be worth. So it. the base margarita was in Florida. Give you. Um, so it might be cheaper up here, but I'm not entirely sure. But the base margarita is like $14.50. Way too expensive, but pretty good. The burger, though, was like $19. And I was, like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it was good, but I was like, come on. Yeah, so, that's uh that's that's uh, that's outrageous. But hey, we could also you just know. make margs and burgers at home. <laughs> Save a lot of money. And then just have a tequila shot up there for Jimmy. Sure. But yeah. what I would what I did want to say is that the Margaritaville people were writing notes to Jimmy on their napkins and leaving it by a um they had a, a bouquet set up in the wow in the waiting That's cool. room. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Big RIP. Yeah. RIP to an icon. Yeah. We're gonna I gotta go start getting some more Jimmy vinyls because those are the fucking demands gonna be up through the roof for those. That's but maybe they'll start repressing point. some too. Yeah, they they'll definitely repress some. I don't think that they're really that hard to get your hands on, but maybe if you want to buy like a sealed vintage copy of like some of his records, that might be what yeah, you're wanna, gonna find. I just but wanna yeah, spin the fucking yeah, I wanna just... listen to fins while I'm working. <laughs> last mango in paris baby let's get it that Hell should have yeah. been my my fantasy team name i actually might change that <laughs> uh, all right well take we made break. it through yeah we made it through the section uh thank you all for listening um we're gonna take a quick break to decompress get some more drinks and then we're gonna talk about all the news that we got to talk about um Sweet. We're going to end it by having a radio, a, a very rare Radiovania, let's call it moment of silence. How's that sound? Okay. All right, here we go. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Radiovania. John and I are going to hit to the, the piece de resistance, the creme de la creamy. We're heading to the news flashpoint. But oh, fuck you froze right there. So I, <laughs> the audio I said was, it. <laughs> I know you did. And it came through just a little bit afterwards. But <laughs> there it is. Yeah, beautiful. Um, So we got a lot of news to get through. We don't talk about I feel like we there's a lot of video. We talk about video games pretty often on this podcast, but we don't talk about video game news all that often. Except for unless there's like Last of Us delayed or the new Uncharted game is released yep, or the stuff we've that's got interesting to me, God of yeah. War or something that big that's Grant. Whenever Grand Theft Auto Six is revealed, I, I bet you we'll talk about that on the fucking show. Hell yeah! 
something big happened and it's related okay. to basically everything that we've been talking about over the course of this fucking year, which I feel like we'll never stop talking about at this point, which is subscription models. Subscription, subscription. services are rising. Netflix is charging you to stream in a different household. Disney Plus prices are increasing. Everybody that has a streaming service is trying to get more money out of the consumer. And PlayStation yeah. is next on the docket. In fact, yesterday this went into effect. Uh, but Sony is raising the price of its PlayStation Plus subscription um, across the board. The service's essential plan will go from $60 to $80 a year. The extra plan goes from $100 to $135. And the premium plan goes from $120 to $160 a year. Remember uh, when it was $60? That's it? <laughs> I do remember that. I remember back on the PlayStation 3 when you didn't have to pay for PlayStation Plus to play online. Yeah. Now you do. Uh, if you're Tough currently times. subscribed to PlayStation Plus, Sony says the price increase won't take effect until your next renewal date or after November 6th. However, if you make any changes to your subscription, such as, quote, upgrades, downgrades, or buying additional time, you'll have to pay the new rate. The you got to pay hikes, the troll toll. You got to pay the troll toll. The hikes go into effect globally and will allow the company to, quote, continue bringing high-quality games and value-added benefits to the service. It adds that the yearly plans will still come at a discounted rate as opposed to one- or three-month subscriptions that it offers. Um, This is a... I, I'll, okay, before I give my thoughts, right? Okay, so we've yeah. talked about subscription services a lot. Yeah how does this strike you like i i, I it doesn't really about, affect me i'm, I'm affect not gonna me. lie i don't really play online to begin with um so i was already only going to pay the the base plan and i've only ever had a ps4 so i've always known paying around 60 dollars for the year obviously i'm not pleased that it's going up to 80 just to play online with you in case like a a fun last of us multiplayer sometime somehow comes out in the next year or two that's not super appealing to me but it doesn't really impact my enjoyment of my playstation because i'm mostly i'm playing single player stuff so i'm not really the market for this but there's a lot of people that i know would be like rightfully pissed like this is a huge hike like you're essentially paying a third of your console a year just to have the premium online benefit and the free game stuff yeah so when you say this, this doesn't really affect you, does that mean that you're going to let your subscription lapse? Or are you just going to you're going to go offline, play single player and not worry about the free game catalog until like there's something to play like a fact, no, like I'll, a last of us or whatever? I'll pay the I'll pay the 80. My subscriptions due in January. So really? So you are going to subscribe $80 for a full year to cl claim your free online, the three free online game, the free three free games for month online games cloud storage blah blah blah, blah. you're gonna pay 80 dollars for that yeah i mean a new game is 70 so 80 for a full year's worth of stuff plus the online capabilities to play games with you is like fine now there may be i might switch i might like not do the full year if there's like a lull where i'm not playing games as much you know what i mean like i might change it around a little bit um but yeah like for me i'm not going to any of the premium plans so do you so with the PlayStation Plus the way that it is when you get the you know they they just announced the free uh, another quote that makes me laugh here is that to quote continue bringing high quality games and value added benefits to the service they announced that the free games for September are the shite Saints Row reboot that got like a six out of ten on IGN 
Black Desert Traveler Edition and a game called Generation Zero, which I've never heard of. Those are the value added games for the month of September when they're hiking the prices up by $20. My question to you, so you pay just because and I'm going to bring it up PS again. Plus catalog though, right? Yeah, but you so the free games go up once a month at the very beginning of the month and you have to claim them. And they're only free for you to play while you have PlayStation Plus, but you have to claim them. If you don't claim them, they go back into the catalog and then they're for purchase. Are you playing a lot of these free games? Because you don't really play very many video games to begin with. Nope. But a wise man once told me it's throwing money away if I don't claim them. So I claim them. (laughs) (laughs) But... Okay. So occasionally, though, they're like, "Here's 2K17 in like sure. two, 2019," and I'm like, "That's cool. Like, I'll actually play that." That's the PS Plus game that I've claimed that I've played the most because I don't own that game anymore. But I like having that in my library when I pay eighty dollars for the year and I have a an MLB game and an NBA game banked in my catalog that I can re-download and play every once in a while. So you not necessarily do you play every single game that's released every single month on the free service, but you still find value in a couple games a year for an $80 subscription. Yeah. And like last year, I would have paid $80 to play Gotham Knights with you guys. So, okay. Yeah. Which we should go back to that eventually. Would love to. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> I just need to redownload it to the fucking console. Um, but here's okay. So here is so that, that being said. I'm uh I canceled my subscription. Um you're done. I, you're out. I am no longer a PlayStation Plus member, uh which is crazy because I remember when we did these remember when we did the Radio Vania episode where we were like what are the best subscription services and which one would you like? PS Plus was one of them. Yeah. PS Plus was one of mine cuz I was yeah. like, oh, well 70 60 dollars for a year's worth of, you know, three free games a month. They might not be like 10 out of 10 like you're not getting GTA for free, but you are getting like a couple months ago, one of the free games was, um, uh, fuck, what's the golf game? Two, is Tiger it Woods. Two, Tiger Woods? Thank you. Um, Tiger and I was Woods. like, oh, cool, triple A golf game that's free. Like, I'll play that for a few hours and like have a nice yeah. weekend, like play some, play a couple rounds of golf. Like, that totally is, that's totally great. Um, uh, but then they released like dog shit games, like this Saints Row game that I'm just not interested at all. And I'm like, I just don't know. Like, I, I, I think $80 for a year is pretty steep. And like, I think that honestly, what I'm, what's going to come down to is that like, you know, Starfield's out right now. That's going to take up a chunk of my time. Spider-Man comes out in October. I don't need online for that. We'll see what the winter holds, but it's like, I might not be playing really any multiplayer games until the start of next year. Um, maybe it would have been uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, but man, who oh, knows yeah. if that game's ever going to see the Damn. fucking light of day. So I don't know. I, I'm a little bummed by this. I just think that $20 extra a year is pretty, it's pretty steep for a service. I was already not utilizing very much. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll definitely be getting it back when factions come out. Though, that's for sure. That's the kicker. So that is the kicker is that, yeah, you have to have online to be able to play this last of us multiplayer game. So that, that I will buy, but is it the case of, will I spend $80 to play that for a whole year or will I get a couple months out of enjoyment? Maybe I will just pay like the $15.99 a month subscription fee while I'm paying it and then just cancel it when I'm done. You know, like I know you're going to play factions for a long, long, long time. As is it going to hold? I'll be there. I'll be there. If you guys want to play, 
Uh, God, I'm going to have to do it then because I, yeah. I've always talked about wanting to have a really great online video game to play with you. And it's never like quite hit like Gotham Knights was OK. But like, imagine we could just get on after work and be like, oh, we're just going to level up and just talk and shoot the shit and play factions. Oh, I'll my God. I just got goosebumps. I, know, I literally just got goosebumps thinking it's gonna about be rad. It. God yeah. damn it. Especially right, if the <laughs> especially if the story is co-op like Gotham Knights was, but Naughty Dog style. It's going to be tight. God damn I, I just talked myself back into it. I'm in. All right. Okay, next. Okay, next. Box office time. You ready to talk about the box office, Jay? Let's, let's talk about some some slumps and some fun stuff. Slumps some and mumps. Slumps and mumps. <laughs> <laughs> and Barbie. <laughs> yep. So this is uh this article is almost a month old, but this was the box office update in August. I uh, just want to jot some stuff down. Uh, Barbie crossed a billion dollars globally, so officially has made a bar billion dollars, um, according to Margaret Robbie. Um, yeah, so it's it's just unbelievable to me. This movie is just it's just never it's a juggernaut. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> Uh, not only is it just raking in the dough, but it's also become Warner Brothers' highest-grossing domestic release in history, and it surpassed The Dark Knight. Isn't that crazy? Someone it finally did it. Surpassed The Dark Knight. Yep, like one of the biggest movies of the 21st <laughs> century. Yeah. If you would have told me that shit, I knew this movie was going to be big, but I did not think it was going to be this big. Turns out, you know large percentage of the population women if you make a movie for them (laughs) (laughs) they will come and see it so this is i'm happy for everybody involved i think this is awesome barbie's he's probably my favorite movie of the year so far if it's not guardians 3 so um, i'm really enjoying having that in, in a catalog to go revisit in the future i think it's just a cultural lightning bolt moment akin to like a dark night or the hangover or something that people will talk about for years nah, to come Top Gun, like, I'm Ken- sure i'm kenuff stuff like that like those things will live in the lexicon forever so yeah yeah the movie is uh worldwide right as of right now at 1.3 billion dollars almost at 1.4 so when you look at like all-time rankings right top lifetime grosses it is the 13th highest grossing movie of all time yeah. Do you know what it do you know what it is next up that it that it has to beat? The Force Awakens. The Last Jedi. Oh wow. I always forget that movie made a shit ton of money. Yeah, The Last Jedi is the next thing that it has to cross. And then it has It'll to probably tackle take the... that down, right? It's still it's still piling on in theaters. It's got and domestically you know they'll, they'll re-release it. <laughs> domestically, it only needs to make seven million more dollars to beat The Last Jedi. It's got a bit of a hike. It's got to make $10 million more to beat the Avengers, which is number 11. Dude, when I rewatched The Last Jedi when I was in Bama, what a fucking flick. So good. So good. Except for that little like half hour in the middle. But yeah, just that that little half hour. Just a little half hour, 45 minutes beyond that. They cut cut that out. Maybe it could have been the the second or third best Star Wars movie. We've talked about this a million times. It's so good. It's so good. Like the, the 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 concepts and the theories that Ryan Johnson has on Star Wars, I think, is fascinating. And Cal, That's you good. can come eat my shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's all that. 
Um, I want to talk about Blue Beetle and the Haunted Mansion because. Oh, yeah. Know, Blue Beetle. Yeah. <laughs> so you have not seen the Blue Beetle, right? I have not seen the Blue Beetle. Tahir saw the Blue Beetle. Loved it. Okay. Tahir loved it. All right. So we got I've some heard updates. pretty positive things about it. I've heard it's like pretty charming. Yeah. The reviews are, are fairly positive. I think right now it's sitting akin on like to a, like Shazam 80%. 1. Yeah. Uh, where's the Blue Beetle? 78% critic recommendation on Rotten Tomatoes with a 92% audience score. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, this we got an update on the box office for both these movies and a couple other slumps here. Over Labor Day weekend, a couple of major blockbusters hit a box office milestone. The Disney's Haunted Mansion and Warner Brothers Blue Beetle passing the 100 million mark globally. On the one hand, it's a big number that significantly... Uh, that is a significant moment for any movies run in theaters, but in this case for both studios, it's a number that still isn't high enough. Blue Beetle came in third and pulled in 7.1 million in its third weekend, representing just a 41% drop from the prior week. Uh, with that, DC's latest superhero offering now sits at 58.7 million domestically, with 45.9 million internationally for about a grand total of 104 million. So, um, better than they tracked, but. Still not great. Definitely better than they tracked. 105 million is where we're sitting at right now. The estimated budget for the movie is, pardon me, where's the budget? The estimated production budget was 120 million dollars. So not bad, considering their other losses this year. That's pretty. <laughs> not bad. Remember but Shazam: Fury of the Gods? Yeah, Shazam. Whew. But so 120 million dollar production budget. They've made 105 million in the box office so far. So they haven't broken even on just the production budget, not including marketing. Now think about this, right? Oftentimes a movie's total budget is you take the production budget and multiply it by two to account for marketing. There's no actors to market their movies, so they're just paying more for TV ads, theater ads, commercials online advertisements i bet that their production budget might exceed twice the budget of the movie in this case interesting maybe because part of the part of the actor's salary for their movie is not you make additional money by doing press junkets after the movie they're on strike they made their money for the production budget now they have to spend more money to market the movie on social media on youtube on yeah fucking tv and and football i guarantee you there's probably a blue beetle ad in the in a, a commercial break for this chief's lions game right like they're like go see the biggest superhero movie of the summer blah 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 blue beetle <laughs> still in theaters and then still it's like trucking <laughs> <laughs> can't get rid of us that easy <laughs> that's a great idea for a snl sketch like movie movie <laughs> trailers for movies that are not doing well in the box office yeah yeah we promise it's worth nine dollars on a matinee <laughs> buy three get one free just see this fucking movie we'll pay you to come to the theater just tell your friends <laughs> just pretend that you paid get a handy in the back row and <laughs> you <don't have> to... <laughs> blue beetle will suck your dick <laughs> Oh boy. Fuck. So that's Blue Beetle <laughs> for you. Um yeah. Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Disney's Ooh, just taking L's. They're boy. just catching strays this year. <laughs> Besides Guardians of the Galaxy, they're just getting fucked. It had a 24 million dollar opening weekend. Haunted Mansion did. 
That's abysmal. Yeah. That that's that's abysmal. We're talking about a production budget of 160 million dollars before marketing. And right now we're sitting at 100 million dollars worldwide. Surprisingly, 64 million domestic take, 35 million international, making a worldwide gross of 100 million dollars. So, both Blue Beetle and Haunted Mansion crossed the 100 million mark. But up against their production budgets and some stiff declines like i just these movies are both they're unfortunately but they're like i wouldn't i wouldn't call them like atomic bombs but they're like soft bombs they're like lowercase b bombs they also they're coming at a time where just like anything that was coming after barbenheimer is just not gonna like the excitement for the summer movie season has been over for about a couple weeks yep so. Yeah, Barbenheimer was a cultural moment. People went to the theaters in droves to see these movies. Yeah. And now it's like there's nothing in the theater that's like, I, you know, I know you liked Haunted Mansion. I didn't particularly care for it. Uh, I don't really have any interest in seeing Blue Beetle, but it's like I, the other day it was like super duper hot and cincy. And it was like Emily and I were thinking like, well, what can we do? What, you know, what's what movies are out? <laughs> what movies are out? I often think about that because like I love going to the movies. But yeah. even these two movies, I was not compelled to go pay. Did money you go see Talk to Me yet? No, that is one movie that I really still yeah, do want to see. But again, I'm not. I'm not in the spooky mood yet. Talk to Me is another weird one where it's like, if that shit came out October first, like I'd be, I'd be totally down to go to the theater to see that. But I'm worried yeah. it's not going to be. I'm ready the for by the time. for horror movie season, man. Exorcist's coming up. I'm ready. I'm gonna get started early. I think. Okay. Because last year, last year I went past Halloween. And this year I want to end at Halloween. This year, I don't know. Spooky season for me, I never really get in the mood until it's like really folly outside. Like right now it's still kind of hot and it feels like summer. But like once September starts winding to a close, you start seeing. uh, What do we got coming up this year? I'm going to look it up. You keep talking. Yeah. Well, don't forget, we do have that thing at the very end of the pod where it's like all the rest of the movies coming out this year. So don't. Oh, let's not blow our lod. Blow our wad too early, but. Or wad. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of the box office, John, uh, so Blue yeah. Beetle's struggling, Haunted Mansion is struggling. You know who isn't struggling? Who's that? Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah, baby. Cinema owners are counting on just that after la- that I started this article in the wrong spot. Can Taylor Swift's newly revealed concert movie continue the momentum of Barbenheimer and become a cultural rallying cry at the fall box office? Cinema owners are counting on just that after last week's surprise announcement that Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour concert film, is going to be hitting theaters across the U.S. and Canada for several weekends beginning October 13th. Several exhibition sources tell The Hollywood Reporter they believe the film could open to a record $100 million based on brisk advanced ticket sales. Nor are they ruling out the movie ultimately grossing $150 million or more domestically. To date, 2011's Justin Bieber Never Say Never holds the record for top-grossing concert film at the domestic box office with 73 million. I'm seeing my movie, yo. Here's what I'll say. I didn't get to see the Eras tour. Maybe we should go. I can't get tickets. You can't get tickets to the theater either. It's sold out. Yeah, that is every single me. showing for the weekends is Dude, sold. The Swifties out. are just like, man, it's like pissing into the wind. It's just impossible. And it's not just the Swifties. It's the scalpers because people are now scalping seats for the movie of the Eras tour. 
So you can go to eBay and buy like scalp tickets for this fucking this era's tour concert movie. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Damn. For hundreds of dollars. If you I'm just saying this right now, if you buy a scalp ticket for more than resale value of $17.99, whatever the concert ticket costs to go see that in Dolby or IMAX, you're uh, you need to really consider reevaluating your life and uh what if you get to see it though? And Taylor Swift's your favorite performer. Wait till it comes out on VOD. Do you really need to is see it this? Is it gonna come out on VOD? It is absolutely. Don't you want to be in a theater with all your Swifty fans and like cry and hold each other's hand with the friendship bracelets and stuff? I mean, I I'm sure it's do. worth it. It's worth it to some people, and in a way that you and I couldn't understand. I suppose so, but like I, I hundreds like of if dollars. They were like you Pearl Jam be- live. <laughs> Just <laughs> But you're okay. So it's, in it's this, 15 different versions of daughter. <laughs> the daughter. Way, tour. Jesus. We just play daughter uh, for two hours. Do, 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 do. But think about it. Th- so think about it this way. Pearl Jam is the biggest band in the world. They sell out every stadium to it. I'm just saying hypothetically, they go to God, every, I'm they so sell glad out. They're not, that'd be awful to deal with. <laughs> they sell out every concert tour they go to. They're selling out stadiums. You can't get a ticket on Ticketmaster. You try and buy a ticket and someone's trying to scalp a shitty fucking obstructed view seat for $1,400. Then you're like, okay, well that sucks. I can't go see my favorite band at the concert whoa, AMC is going to do a live, not a live screening, a a showing, a Dolby or IMAX showing of the concert film that I can sit in a chair at and chill out in a, in a movie theater to see. Oh, those tickets are sold out too. Are you going, are you the biggest Pearl Jam fan enough that you're going to buy a $300 tick movie ticket to go see the Taylor, the Pearl Jam daughter tour in a theater? Or are you just going to wait until they release that shit on home video? Or someone leaks it. I, I genuinely think it's not a comparable debate because they're just a completely different type of musical act. But in theory, no. To answer your question, no, I would not do that. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, like Taylor Swift is just a it's just a different breed that in a way that I don't understand. You know what I mean? It's just like that is literally like people's like that's probably akin to how some people like me feel about Star Wars celebration. You know what I mean? Like the era's tour was multiple people's Star Wars celebrations, most likely. You know what I mean? Where it's just like big room filled of all these fucking super fans and it's just like geeking out over the same thing. So Yeah. And you get to have celebration every couple of years. The Eras tour is probably gonna happen this one time and then she's probably gonna fucking retire or like go to She a- ain't retiring. Are you kidding me? She just made buco bucks. She's gonna come out playing until you and I are fucking 90. I hope so, because I would love to be able to see her one day. I saw her. I'm good. I'm done. I don't want to ever. I don't want to deal with paying for it. God damn it. If I have daughters, I'm fucked. But like, you know, it's fine. Daddy likes Taylor Swift. I just need a break. Like the bear. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if so, you got any word on those Taylor Swift tickets. Unfortunately, we will be tracking the box office. Uh, draw- Not unfortunately. That sounds really negative because I like Taylor Swift. But we're going to be drawing. We're going to be tracking the box office for this fucking thing because it's no doubt going to be a huge, a huge thing for the for theaters. Okay. Speaking of another huge thing for theaters, David Zaslav is back at his bullshit again. Um, <laughs> the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav, uh, also known as Major Dickhead, sees a major challenge in his media empire 
the underutilization of Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and DC. This is a recent quote that he gave. And I just want you, I just want you to listen to this quote. Okay. <laughs> okay. Quote uh, as one of DC the DC films just die on the street this year. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Quote. One of the other real strengths of Warner Brothers is we talk about the great IP that Warner Brothers owns. David uh, Zaslav said at the Goldman Sachs Communicopia and Technology Conference, quote, but for us, the challenge is that our content, our great IP, Harry Potter, DC, Lord of the Rings. That Did content... I just say real quick, DC is lucky to be, be in the sentence with those two icons. <laughs> sure. Harry Potter, DC, Lord of the Rings, that content has been underused. End quote. Zaslav went on to note that the company hasn't done, quote, long form Superman, which is a, it, that, it doesn't, it, that doesn't mean anything in over 10 years. Zack Snyder's Man of Steel premiered back in 2013. And though Warner Brothers Discovery has a stake in the CW, the network behind the currently running Superman and Lois is not the majority shareholder of the network. Quote. We haven't done anything with Harry Potter for more than a decade. We haven't done anything with Lord of the Rings. End quote. <laughs> it's Secrets of Dumbledore came out last year. Jude Law's over here is like, what the fuck, bro? Jude Law's like, hey. <laughs> I was dick? Dumbledore. It sh- oh, I like that the article is like, it should be noted that the Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore premiered in 2022 and the video game Hogwarts Legacy debuted earlier this year and were set in the universe of Harry Potter. Oh, God, that is so fucking funny. Um, Though Zaslav mentioned that these big properties was, quote, one of the big differentiators of this company. He also noted that, quote, we've got to be careful not to overuse the content, end quote uh ellipsis sorry we think that there's a lot of shareholder value in attaching a 10-year dc a real plan around dc bringing harry potter back to hbo for 10 consecutive years doing multiple movies of lord of the rings how do you feel about that not very good he also noted that when you look at the performance of warner brothers over the last 20 years without accounting for these properties he says quote it's relatively flat quote barbie is over there like what the what the fuck (laughs) gonna get Quote, when you put those franchises in, it's the best performing studio in the world. We need to deploy our best capital and we need to do it with the best creative people in the world. End quote, Zaslow said. Does this guy not just sound like the Donald Trump of movie studios? Yeah, he kind of does. I think we have the biggest compared. franchises. We would be doing so great if all I mean, franchises went on for 10 years. They do have really popular franchises, but I mean, Harry Potter is definitely the biggest one, you know, and like. Until they do that show, it's just not, you know. They're also not going to make a lot of money if they do a Harry Potter show as opposed to movies. You know, so they are gambling big on that show. That is that that Harry Potter HBO show. It might be one of the biggest risks I've I've we've we're going to see in the entertainment world. You're rebooting the millennials most popular franchise, right? Like for millennials of our generation, like our age bracket, Harry Potter is probably one of our biggest franchises. It's up there with like Pokemon and the MCU. Yeah. Marvel is another good one. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, you know, we we missed the cutoff for Star Wars, like the late, the seventies, eighties, like that, that missed us, but we had the prequels and everything like that. But like, Star Wars is a different is a different kind of breed, but like Harry Potter, 
is the newest thing that you're going to attempt to, you're going to attempt to reboot Harry Potter in an effort to do 10 years of a show to increase your subscriber numbers when already these companies are seeing subscribing subscriber numbers dip. So they're raising the price math. There's math here that doesn't add up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you. Like, I think that this is a, a huge risk. Like, I just don't think that this is that you would make more money doing a reboot on movies, but that's if they're good. Like if they turn out to be makes more. Me, yeah. Makes me worried about Superman legacy. There's going to be a lot of pressure put on that movie to be good and make a lot of money. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm worried. Like, I'm worried that they're going to give James Gunn a blank check and it's going to be like a $300 million movie and then they're going to be disappointed when it only makes 250 domestic, not accounting for marketing. Like They they should be so lucky to get that at this rate, honestly. <laughs> from the studio that brought you Blue Beetle. I genuinely think, though, that Superman will make a lot more money than we think. Man of Steel made a lot of money, too. That's It's just a big, it's a big property. You know what I mean? So... Man of Steel box office. I'm I can't remember. 668 million. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty that's good. That's a good that's a good week at the week at the box office, you know. Yeah, that's definitely good. So yeah. a James Gunn Superman movie has the potential to make what Guardians 3 made, which is about what 850. So we'll see. I think the Harry Potter show it very interesting idea. I do not want them to make Lord of the Rings movies. Please stay away from that. I was already displeased with the Rings of Power. And then they're making that animated movie, the the War of the Rohirrim. I haven't heard anything else about that. That's interesting to me, like an anime style yeah. movie about like Middle Earth lore. Like that's fine. But God, God help me. Like, oh God. Oh, oh God. Like, what if they announce that they're rebooting like the fellowship? Like, I don't think they'd reboot it. If anything, they'd just go back to the well and do like scoring of the Shire or something like that the Tom Bombadil Chronicles or some bullshit like that. Tom Bombadil played by Matthew McConaughey. Sounds pretty cool. All right. All right. Listen all right, here, Mr. Right. Frodo Baggins, you can come into my house and you make <laughs> demands about my wife and you want to drink my, my waters, but, uh, why don't you go hit the road? What about a trilogy of movies? Tom Bombadil played by Danny DeVito. How about that? You know, and Danny DeVito in Lord of the Rings is pretty intriguing, but I think Haunted Mansion is is a litmus test for me that I can't watch him in anything else anymore without thinking about Frank. So I'd rather him just stay out of dramatic roles at this point. Fair enough. Yeah. Moving along. Um, we've got some strike new. Well, this is going to kind of preemptively do some. We're going to do some Disney, uh, some Disney bullshit back to back. Um, Disney's on their bullshit again. Um, our favorite company in the world, isn't that right, Mr. Mouse? I just gave him some money this past weekend, so yeah, yeah. I'm still a fan. <laughs> um, there was an article that got passed around the internet that that made a lot of traction. Um, and this kind of jumped back and forth between uh. There was a an NPR article that I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's called Movie Extras Worried They'll Be Replaced by AI. Hollywood is already doing body scans. This was a report written up by a Bobby Allen on August 2nd, 2023. The main headline of this is that and it came from this article, but Disney allegedly scanned the faces and bodies of all of the WandaVision background actors to create digital replicas. So the actors were not given, they did not give permission. They were not paid and were not told when the replicas would be, would be used, but extras for WandaVision specifically were their bodies and faces were scanned 
And so they could be make like background replicas of them for like filling the scenes. Dude. What? Yep. Here's a quote from a person. Disney did not return a request for compliments. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Rubal Kaba, who makes the SAG after union rate of 187 a day, $187 a day as a background actor, said she did not give permission for her digital replica to ever be used in background scenes at all. She Here's her quote. Quote, what if I don't want to be on Mario Vision or Sarah Vision, she said, rattling off made-up future productions. Quote, I fear that AI is eventually going to weed out background actors. They won't have a use for us anymore. End quote. Uh, the potential artificial intelligence to replace there are p- the potential for artificial intelligence to replace background actors is one of the central tensions in the ongoing SAG after strike with studios, the biggest labor dispute in Hollywood since the 1960s. So body scans, Disney's using a, not authorized body scans of their act background actors who are making a day rate of $187 based on the current pay rate from the studios. And then it goes on from there. Variety then published an article on August 28th. So this is more recent. Walt Disney Pictures VFX workers are going to move to unionize. So I don't know if you read about this or not, but visual effects crews at Walt Disney Studios have taken a significant step to unionize after filing with the National Labor Relations Board for an election to unionize. A super majority, over 80% of the 18 in-house VFX crew members at Walt Disney signed authorization cards signaling their desire to unionize. It's the second time in history that VFX professionals have joined together to demand the same protections and rights as their colleagues. Earlier this month, VFX crews at Marvel Studios voted to unionize. Ballots are due September 11th, and the vote count will take place on September 12th. So we're on the precipice also of Marvel Studios VFX team members unionizing as well. Uh, they gave some quotes here. Mm. I'm not going to dive too much into that, but here's here's what we got. Disney's scanning the faces and bodies of their background actors who are making day rates of $187 and using them without their permission. VFX workers are trying to unionize to get their fair pay and compensation for Disney. And soon they'll be doing the same thing for Marvel studios. And on top of that, I want to read a quote. We're just going to call this the Disney block star Wars, Qui-Gon Jinn actor, Liam Neeson questions the franchise continuous expansion. And I just, I love this. (laughs) I think that this quote is hilarious. Um, In a recent episode of the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast, when asked if fans approach Neeson for autographs, the actor responded, quote, not all the time. I mean, it is a cult. There's so many movies and spinoffs, among other things. You're diluting the whole thing, I think. That's my personal thing, end quote. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So that's a whole chunk of news. That's a whole bunch of stuff that I kind of want to talk about. We're going to talk about, like, we have a strike update and then some delays. But give me your thoughts on this. Like, how are you feeling about the whole, how are you feeling about Disney? You just said at the top of this, you spent some money. You gave Disney some money recently. I like the park system. I think they're doing that pretty well, for the most part, with the exception of the fucking blunder that Bob Paycheck did. Um, But the, the restaurants and stuff itself is still really fun to go to. Uh, yeah, listen, man, they, they got to figure out what's going on over there because they've had like two wins this year and they're, you know, pretty minor wins compared to the amount of shit that they've put out. And, uh, you know, what started out as being a trendsetter with streaming is now turning into just being like 
you know, cutting corners for labor and just like the streaming dilution of the residual benefits that should be given to whom based on what works on who works on what and for how long and whether it's streaming versus in a theater or something like that. I think I think every Hollywood company that right now that's not paying people fairly see, including ones that I like. So just because I just because I bought a margarita at a Indiana Jones themed bar this weekend doesn't mean that I support what Disney's doing across the board. So. Yeah, and I, and I'm just joking when I say that. That was just a, a funny way to intro the segment. But here, know, but my question is, like, do you think that this has always been the case, or are we just seeing this more pronounced now because of social media and because more outlets are reporting these numbers and people are being more outspoken? Yeah. Like, I I think that this has probably always been the case. Like, hundred percent. Have you ever heard the Zootopia story? Maybe I don't know. some guy pitched the idea that is essentially Zootopia, which is a world where people live in a society and they're all animals and it's prey and predator. And Disney rejected his pitch, didn't pay him, and then made Zootopia. <laughs> they just changed the title to Zootopia, and the guy sued them, and then they just paid him under the table, and then we didn't talk about it again afterwards. Like they've always been doing stuff like this. The mouse is cutthroat. He's yeah, Don I'm, Corleone of the entertainment industry. He will fucking bury you if he has to. <laughs> yeah, we've been making the Disney Mouse is the is the is the mob boss joke for seven, eight, nine years at this point. Like, yeah, we've been making this. Jo- we've run this joke into the fucking ground. But like, it it's more true now than ever. I feel like almost every other week, I'm reading a new story about how Disney is just fucking somebody over. They're they're not paying their background actor. These these background actors are making $187 a day making doing background work. That's 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 nothing. They're there, yeah. That's nothing. You're on set for a couple days, and then you have the extra worry in the back of your head that Disney's just gonna scan your body and be like, Yeah, we actually don't need you as an extra anymore. We're just gonna use your body. It's gross. It's fucking it's fucking horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know like it's different if you're like Star Lord and Chris Pratt's body gets scanned so they can make like action figures and all this kind of stuff that you're going to get residuals for. But like, yeah, the background actors and then obviously the writers of these shows not getting residuals either. That's the scary part where it's like how much of that is going to just go to digital. Yep. So what do you think about Liam Neeson's we'll quote about Star Wars? <laughs> I mean, I kind of agree with him to an extent. You know, I love Qui Gon Jinn. That's my guy. <laughs> I just but at imagine... the same time, at the same time, he doesn't have room to talk because some of these side projects that he's deluding with, it, he's been involved with. So <laughs> he was in Obi Wan and he was in Tales of the Jedi. He was in Obi Wan with years. the worst, worst fake beard I've ever seen. In, oh, in a movie. come on, that's not that's hyperbolic. It doesn't look that I... bad. He's blue the whole time anyway, so it doesn't matter. I can't if you can find me a better example of a terrible Hollywood fake beard. What about the guys in the prestige wearing those fake beards? <laughs> Borden. <laughs> does he does Angie you don't know. enjoy taking does he <laughs> you don't know spells on the stage? <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> How can you not know? What a good movie. Yeah, that's 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 okay. That's an interesting example, but that's also kind of the idea. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) You just didn't like that show. We need to stop talking about it. You're not allowed to bring it up anymore. The armistice has been amended. You're not. Oh yeah, you're you're signing it now. You don't want to. You don't want to ever talk about it on the. You're not. We're not talking about this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. Okay, it's not. 
that bad. But the hair extensions does make it look like you got a weave. The so. the 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 hair extensions are insane. <laughs> the beard is fine. I think the wig itself is interesting. It's like they slicked back his actual hair and then just gave him like lip bonds, <laughs> like a weave. Yeah. yeah. God, what a great ending to that show, though. <laughs> Love Qui Gon Jinn. <laughs> What did he say? He says something too. He's like, "Are you fucking ready for this shit?" or something. He says something. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> he said, "Obi Wan says, uh, well, it's about time you showed up." And he said, "I've always been here, Obi Wan. You just were not ready yet to see. Now, come on, we've got a long ride ahead." He said, "Now, come on, we got bitches to fuck. We got, <laughs> we got some boon to slay back in the in the caves in the desert." <laughs> Um, okay, well, now we got an interesting one. You ready for this bad boy? Yes, I am. John, I think uh, this is episode 123. I think for we've talked about Rotten Tomatoes on 123 episodes. Roughly, I mean, roughly. I haven't been on for 123 episodes, but more than 100 of them I've been on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're under fire after a PR firm's scheme to pay critics for positive reviews has been recently uncovered. Now, Shocker. <laughs> now, I'm going to read this report from IGN, who I think did a very good job of succinctly like putting this piece together. Uh, but you can read the full article from Vulture. The article is titled uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's called The Decomposition of Rotten Tomatoes. The most overrated metric in movies is erratic, reductive, and easily hacked and has Hollywood in its grip. It's a really, really great article. I read the whole thing the other night and was riveted by it. I thought it was really excellently written, and it's a really interesting piece about Rotten Tomatoes and the impact it's had on film. But the news bit here is what I want to read, and this is what uh, IGN kind of like distilled down from the Vulture article. In an in-depth report published earlier today, Vulture uncovered a scheme from a PR firm called Bunker 15 to goose reviews for 2018 Daisy Ridley drama Ophelia. After initial reviews came in, resulting in a disappointing 46% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a movie, they put it short here, a movie is deemed rotten if falling short of a 60% rating, Vulture reports that Bunker 15 started paying lower-level critics on the website to post positive reviews for $50 a pop, essentially trying to manipulate the system. The firm also lobbied one critic to change their negative review to positive. As it turned out, the scheme worked and the money the money followed. Ophelia jumped up to a 62% rating, scoring that coveted, quote, fresh label. And the next month, IFC Films announced it acquired the film for distribution. Bunker 15, for its part, denied the allegations with founder Daniel Harlow telling Vulture, quote, We have thousands of writers on a distribution list. A small handful have set up a specific system where filmmakers can sponsor or pay to have them review a film, end quote. Understandably, many reacted to the report with a mixture of disbelief and sadness over how this could happen. And they, they post a bunch of Twitter stuff here. Uh, but although Rotten Tomatoes has told Vulture that it takes, quote, the integrity of our scores seriously and does not tolerate any attempts to manipulate them, it's an alarming example of how easily critics ag critic aggregators like Rotten Tomatoes can be manipulated, especially when there's financial incentive to do so. Okay. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. This has got to be happening like all the time, right? All the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. The way that the way that Rotten Tomatoes is set up, I would be shocked if it wasn't already happening for you. The beginning, since the beginning. Yeah. Um. So something to note 
is that uh, Warner Brothers owns Rotten Tomatoes. So, huh. Yet BVS is like one of the biggest Rotten Tomato like scandals of all time, right? Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is owned by Fandango, which is owned by Comcast. In 2016, Fandango acquired Rotten Tomatoes and its parent site, Flickster. Warner Brothers retained a minority stake in the merged entities. So somewhere in the line, I guess my question is just like, why don't they pay Rotten Tomatoes to review their movies better? I guess, yeah, that's a good question. Because that's um, unethical. <laughs> I guess the thing to think about here is that, like, I read this article. I thought it was a very well-written piece. I think that they really did their their due diligence in terms of hunting down this this lobby. Obviously, no one gives a shit about this Daisy Ridley movie. Have you even heard about this movie? I heard about it. Didn't see it. Okay. Love The Last Jedi, though. Sure. Me too. Um, But... I think this just goes to show that, and I don't know how you feel about this, but we often talk about Rotten Tomatoes a lot, but just to reiterate, that website is a fun little aggregate to help us like gauge critic and fan reception, but it is not the end all be all on a movie's quality. There is no such thing as a critic review that deems a movie good for me personally. I got to see it to believe it. You know what I mean? And that's how you should treat everything that you witness. There have been plenty of Rotten Tomatoes things that I've agreed with and plenty that I haven't. The whole audience score, critic score thing is interesting from that aggregator perspective, but still just like, yeah, you can't, you can't base things off that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I actually hate that they release the scores before movies come out, you know? IGN too. I just don't really like. You know, I like our reviews. I think our reviews are more truthful, you know what I mean, to how we feel about it and how another person feels about it is their opinion. So having a site like IGN give Indiana Jones and the Dial Destiny a four that's based off of one man who saw it and wrote the review doesn't make any sense to me. But I like how Rotten Tomatoes is a conglomerate of everybody's opinions and then it mediates the average. That makes a little more sense to me because at least then I have a better idea of being like, okay, 200 people said that the movie was worth seeing. I think that that's a little bit more accurate as opposed to one person writing a review for a newspaper. You know what I mean? Because like, what if that person was having a bad day and they just like didn't enjoy the movie, right? There's been plenty of examples of that. Roger Ebert, one of the most renowned film critics of all time, is known for giving classic movies bad scores he probably just had a bad lunch that day or something and then he goes back and he re-reviews stuff you know what i mean people change their opinions all the time yeah reviewing is stupid if you get paid to do it congratulations you found a loophole to find a job where you can just make up whatever you want (laughs) we're trying there i'm trying every day baby (laughs) yeah Hire yeah, <laughs> a review, a review is someone's opinion, right? And someone's opinion can be bought. And I think that that's the unfortunate reality is that like, you know, you just got to remember, it's like, you know, someone, there will eventually be a bigger scandal than this re- that is going to be revealed. It's like, if one studio is doing it to raise the percentage of one movie by a couple percentages, 
someone else out there that is bigger than this Ophelia movie with Daisy Ridley is paying bigger bucks to make sure that their movie gets a better score on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I guarantee it. So it's the same way that people were using bots to decrease the scores, right? Yeah, it seems to be kind of kind of similar in that respect. I mean, I I just think that you got to remember it's like like yeah, scores are usually pretty dumb. Like we we Radiovania, we have our the, our patented twenty point scale, right? Like we do we rank stuff and we like put we like you know rating episodes of television or rating movies like that's but we do it just totally as fun. The real substance of it is listening to what we have to say about it, and ultimately, you know that four out of ten review from that dude that reviewed Dial of Destiny. Yeah, he might have been he was pretty far off base on that bad boy, but. You know, like it's a heinous review, honestly, like after seeing it twice it's not a great movie, but it's just like four is like too fast, too furious. Like a, it's just like, come sure. on, what are you doing? Four is a four out of ten is like to me, borderline unwatchable. Sure. But like, but so, yeah, yeah. Like, but it's like, again, like that's that guy's opinion. You you'll see from now on, if you ever see another movie review with that dude's name on it, you'll be like, oh, well, I don't agree with this guy in the movie. So I'm not going to really I don't trust review his or, like trust yeah, the source. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's that's totally fine. Rotten Tomatoes does the interesting thing, like you said, where it aggregates everybody. So it's kind of like a general swath. So well, that's you got to think, think like what you and I do when we do our in review is if we. We do the rankings, right? If we think this way or this way, one's higher on it than the other, then we try to meet in the middle. That's literally what Rotten Tomatoes does. Is it just takes an average. Yeah. Now, yes, you can buy those to skew things. That's unethical. You know what I mean? But like at its core, I think it serves the most. It, it serves me with telling me what I want to know, which is do people like the movie? You know what I mean? And I can look at that in real time with a fact and a figure. Obviously, I'm going to hold talking to my friends and family over if they saw it way more than just some random people on the Internet. But still, to me, uh, a Rotten Tomato score is, is still going to be a better indicator for me of like, what should I expect going into this movie than somebody's IGN score or, you know, something like that. Yeah, sure. So I think the moral of the story, folks, take all this shit with a grain of salt. Just Anytime like you see a score on Rotten Tomatoes, just think like, oh, well, somebody might have been paid off to review this shit and we won't find out for 20 years. But then randomly someone but will being be like, a sheeple and formulate your own opinion. Go exactly, see the movie. Exactly. Yeah. You sheeple. This bad. is why the industry is dying. <laughs> it's because you guys see a bad score and then you don't go see it. Or. You see a really bad score, like what was the movie that was like terrible that a bunch of people saw? Was it Cocaine Morbius. Bear or Morbius? Morbius, yeah, a ton of people saw Morbius. God damn it! Me, also, Dr. did Michael you see Morbius. the tra- Did you see the trailer for the Bike Riders? Filmed in Cincinnati, parts of that movie were filmed in Cincinnati. Tom Hardy's using the another just one of the worst accents I've ever seen. Yeah, what's this? What's this deal? I don't know, <laughs> but I like him less and less with every movie he's in. I wish he used the Bane voice more. <laughs> I'm here to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> it's time to go mobile. <laughs> I'm here to fulfill Raja Ghoul's destiny. Raja Ghoul's destiny. What a great movie. Is it? <laughs> I love it. It's good. 
10 out of 10. I love it too. I love it too. I, I don't think it's great. It's not Nolan's best. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's so good. It is fun. I it's love... really fun. Dr. Pavlov. Like putting a jacket around a young kid's shoulders to let him know that everything is going to be okay. Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Scan the dent. JGL is just like there. He's doing weird shit. Yeah. Yo, when I saw your face and I, I knew you were homeless, Bruce too, Wayne, I knew you were Batman visiting us. <laughs> uh, one you know day, one day when we exhaust all resources, right? We'll do Star Wars. We'll do uh, fucking National Treasure. We'll do Batman review, and we'll yeah. go back and do all of it. Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. We'll do all of fucking it. Damn it, Batman sixty six, Batman sixty six uh batman, batman superman. 89 batman superman well eventually we'll get to is justice league snyder cut count i mean we already did no. those movies do we have no, to do them yeah that's a good point no dceu okay cool thank god <laughs> <laughs> the batman <laughs> i'll watch that movie any day of the week son fucking hell yeah isn't that interesting though you just listed movies and there's only two of them that are bad if you take the dceu out of the equation there's been more than 80% of Batman movies are good. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, The good. Batman. Good. That's four. Batman 89, good. Good. Batman Returns, good. So that's Batman six. Batman 66, good. Okay, 70%. Sorry. Ish. Eh, is Batman 66 good? Yeah, the movie? Yeah. Shark the Adam West one? Yeah. Is it good or is it like funny? Is funnier than fucking Batman Forever. <laughs> I'm not having this argument with you right now. We'll do this another time. <laughs> yeah, we'll say we'll table this bad boy. Um, we got a strike update. I'm just gonna read this real quick. Strike's not over. That's the update. <laughs> Strike's not over. That is the update. Um, yeah, this was from the Labor Day weekend, so I just wanted to kind of mark this in here. Um, our current con- the current contract expired July 12th. We were told representatives for the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers like uh, Amazon, Apple TV, Disney, Fox, blah, 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 that we were willing to continue negotiating. This response is a hard no. The AMPTP went even further and told us that it would be, quote, quite some time before they would be ready to talk, end quote, with us again. It has been indeed quite some time, more than 52 days later, we are still ready and willing to negotiate a fair deal. We have not heard a word from the AMPTP. So this is a guest post. Again, you can go to Variety, check out the article, All of American Labor Has Joined Our Fight. This is written by Duncan Crabtree Ireland, who is a guest columnist who is part of the SAG after strike. It's a really fascinating read. Uh, it's really, really lengthy, but it kind of talks about like where their current headset is at. But basically, as of the Labor Day weekend, they were thinking that there might have been talks about having like some sort of negotiation after the Labor Day holiday, but they have still not heard anything yet from the studios. Gotcha. Bum, bum, bum. And the first big casualty, not the first big casualty, but probably the biggest casualty so far of the delay yeah, of, the, this year, of, of the strike for this year. Uh, Dune Part 2 has been delayed to 2024. Um, the story of Paul Atreides, played by Timothy Chalamet, will be continued on March 15th. Warner Brothers made the announcement Thursday after Variety exclusively reported that the company was eyeing a 2024 date for the sci-fi temple. Uh, as part of the shift, Godzilla X Kong, the new empire, which was previously dated from March 14th, is getting pushed back one month to April. 
Um, yeah, the Dune delay comes as part of the WGA SAG after strike continues to drag on. Um, yeah, due to the strike, actors may not do press conference for any struck films, which would have meant the star-studded Dune cast would not have been able on been on the press circuit for the big budget film. So, did you know Aquaman and the Last Kingdom is supposed to come out December twentieth? Yes, that's insane. Yep, that movie is still supposed to come out. Apparently, wow. no way. There's just no way. They've reshot well, that movie like four times. They still can't figure it out. It's not even a strike problem at this point. They just can't even figure out how to put that movie together. I think they're they're working on that movie in Microsoft Paint. Like I think God. that they're. I don't know. They, whatever they're doing is not working. So just bold, bold prediction. How bad do we think Aquaman, the lost kingdom is going to be? I'm going to, again, not to where we just talked about rotten tomatoes, but I'm going to also say, I bet Aquaman and the lost kingdom. 72%. Really? That's pretty positive of you. Worse than it's got to be worse than blue beetle. Maybe critics will just like load this shit. So maybe, I don't know, maybe 64, 64. Mm. I don't first know. one was like in the 60s 70s for critic scores and it made was a billion it? dollars yeah I thought so it had a good audience score though it has Aquaman. 66% around tomatoes how about that yeah yeah turns out it doesn't matter Arthur Curry comes for us all that movie Arthur Curry comes for us all <laughs> you remember that great um Tamora Morrison cameo in the flash. Is your wife the queen of Atlantis? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I do remember that. You didn't like that? I thought that joke was funny. Oh, oh, okay. Um, it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the rest just of 2023. The, just Bring the this- flash, man. Just the flash. So it's have you watched? Have you tried watching it again since it's been on HBO? It's on Max? It's on Max now. Okay, I'm going to watch it to go to bed tonight, I think. Keaton. I'm just going... I'm just jumping to the part where they go to the Wayne Manor. I have zero interest in rewatching the whole film. That scene is so fucking awesome, though. When When he, like... Not the fu- not the stupid ass fight scene in the, the kitchen. kitchen fight. No, when Fuck he comes that out. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. Yeah, dude. Fucking Keaton slays in that movie. He does, and then he dies. All right. Well, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> All right, John. We're gonna it's end just the an show. alternate reality. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna end the show. So the big topic of the show, I and mean, we kind of talked about it. Ahsoka at the very top. We talked about uh, you know, our in memoriam section there. But the thing that we're gonna end this week's episode on is we're gonna look ahead because you know, I'm gonna get to see you tomorrow. Uh, but we're gonna have a busy couple of weeks. We got some trips planned up. September's gonna be another one of those crazy months. So we're gonna we're gonna hopefully get another show for you guys out in September. Maybe hopefully a radio vision, hopefully something else. We'll see what's going on. But schedules. Schedules are going to be determined, but basically what I want to do with you right now is I have a list of the most anticipated movies of the year, right? According to Rotten Tomatoes, again, these the red side, the 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 red tomato site. It's an editorial red tomato. <laughs> but we're going to look through the rest of the movies slated to come out this year and I just want to talk about like I mean, what we're excited about. Thumbs up, thumbs down. 
Yeah, we're going to do thumbs up, thumbs down. But I think that there's an there's not enough movies to like it, we could just do like thumbs up in like a couple like a sentence. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, excited yeah, to fine. see it or I'm going to go see it. Like, are you going to go see it in the theater? Or are you going to wait for it on demand? Like just a sentence about how thumbs you're up, feeling. thumbs down, thumbs sideways, thumbs couch. <laughs> Watch it at home. <laughs> Thumb, thumbs couch. That sounds thumbs like couch. a that sounds like sounds an indie really, rock band. Yeah, it sounds really dirty. All right. OK, so Let's we're going to start with September. We're going to look ahead at all the rest of the big movies. There might be some omissions from this list, but I think that they gathered most of it. So the first one already released September 1st. We got uh, the Equalizer 3. You're going to you're going to watch these. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get through them in time to see this in the theater, though. But Denzel Washington killing people. Thumbs up. I'll go. I'm in the I'm thumbs down on this. Unfortunately, like I've not seen any of them. You have but, no you know. reason to give it a thumbs up. I don't blame you. We got The Nun, The Nun 2, coming out yeah. on September 8th, 2023. So that's tomorrow. So The Nun opens in theaters tomorrow. You want to go see it tomorrow? Uh, I'm going to go with a hard thumbs down on that bad boy. Um, <laughs> you scared? No, I. it's got a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. doesn't matter if it's good or not. A horror movie just has to scare you for like an hour or two, and then you forget about it. I mean, is that if that's really what you what you want to do tomorrow night? I'll do it with you, buddy. I'll probably. I don't. I don't think we'll have time. But um, I'm gonna go thumbs thumbs down on that as well. I haven't even seen the first nun, and that thing freaks me the fuck out. So, but I like if, the Conjuring uh, Julia, movies. If you're listening like, and you want to go see with me, I would totally go see with you. So. I like the Conjuring movie. She's I do the too. Nun is in the Conjuring, right? Correct. Why does she need a spinoff? Because money and Blumhouse has the mold that makes money which is releasing these cheap horror movies. Yeah. So here's an interesting one. And then again, this is a big impact of the W of the, the SAG after strike. Yeah. September 29th, the creator uh, directed by Gareth Edwards. This is the John David Washington, like future movie. Um, Thumbs up. This is a movie that I'm honestly really excited to see, but I think it's going to be really poorly received. I I like bad marketing no press junket tours or anything like that. Like, I think this movie's going to fucking bomb. You also didn't mention September 15th, the um, haunting in Venice, the Agatha Christie, the next oh, installment it... with uh, Kenneth Branagh. But they did not. The ensemble on has list. Kenneth Branagh, fucking Beth from Yellowstone, and your girl Michelle Yeoh as a medium. Oh. So, looks pretty cool. Imagine taking that detective from Death on the Nile, but putting him in a horror movie. So, looks kind of interesting. So I liked Death on the Nile less than I liked Haunt, uh, the first one or whatever. whatever. Murder on the Orient Express? Yeah, I liked Murder on the Orient Express. I liked Death on the Nile less than I liked that one. And I'm hoping that this one is better than both of those. I think this one will be better than both of them. I think putting a detective in a murder mystery that's scary is automatically more interesting to me than Gal Gadot saying, we have enough champagne to, to fill, fill the Nile. The Nile. <laughs> what a quote. <laughs> I forgot about that quote. Thank you for reminding me about that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Man, that movie sucked. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, was, the creator. It wasn't that bad. It was okay. It was, it was fine. It was it was, just it was fine. totally yeah. fine. But yeah, the the creator. I I I'm really excited about this movie. An original sci-fi sure. Ken movie Watanabe. from a yeah. from I love Gareth Gareth Edwards is great. Like Rogue One is great. So he didn't direct Rogue One. We gotta stop. We gotta stop saying that. Fucking Tony Gilroy directed Rogue One. Everything you like about Rogue One was Tony Gilroy. That's oh, why shit. he's making Andor. What did get so Gareth Edwards did Godzilla? Yes, he did all of that. He could he can have credit for that. Gareth Edwards gets like 30 percent of the credit for Rogue One. Gotcha. Personally, 
they reshot so much of that movie, man. You can go back and watch the original Rogue One teasers and you're like, none of this is in the movie. Interesting. Okay. Like, remember the shot of them running on the beach while an AT-AT's just shooting at them? Didn't make it in the movie because they completely restructured the final act. Interesting. We support Tony. Well, I thought I liked Gareth Edwards, but maybe I, I don't. Still, but I, I, no, I, don't get me wrong. I still like him. He just he didn't direct Rogue One. He directed... <laughs> Why do I have that name associated with Rogue One? I, I'll have him associated Because he's with listed Rogue. as the director in the credits. It's a, it's like um, it's a reverse solo. So Tony Gilroy is considered like the writer, executive producer. Gareth Edwards got to keep the directing credit. In Solo, Lord and Miller got moved to producers and then... Uh, you have to shoot 80% of the movie or something like that, right? 60%? I don't remember. Uh, all right. Creator. Are, are, so real quick, thumbs up, thumbs down. Are you seeing this? Are you going to try and see this in the theater? When does it come up? September 29th. We'll be at Kelly's. Maybe. Maybe we go see it together. It's not a bad idea. Not yeah. a bad idea. All not right. Not a bad idea, buddy. Saw X coming out September 29th. Thumbs down. I'm out on Saw. No, yeah, I, I am also out on these. But movies, the, Saw Patrol is a funny, funny notion. <laughs> I do like Saw Patrol. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to October. October, tw- the first one they've got on here is October tw- uh, 20th. They're doing these out of order. I guess they're doing them in order of hype. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon, October 20th. Two thumbs up. I've got. Officially, I have less than I've got like 30 days, 40 days to watch uh, Irishman. So <laughs> we we have to add stakes to this. Like you need to be punished if you don't watch it. <laughs> it's It's gone on for too long. If I so if I don't watch the Irishman before Killers of the Flyman, I, mean, I have to get scalped or something like that. Was it? I was thinking if if you don't. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a punishment that's not too mean. If you don't watch Killers of the Flower or uh, uh, the Irishman before Killers of the Flower Moon, we replace you with Emily for an episode. I would pay. That's a that's a funny idea. Yeah, but we talk about things that you really love, but you can't chime in. You just have to listen to her talk. About Welcome to it. the Radio Vaney episode, all about La La Land, Scott Pilgrim, Lord of the Rings, and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, we talk about the nineteen seventy five. That would actually that's be really funny. funny. Shit. There you go. Uh, We're locking that in. So you better watch it. Okay. I'm big ups, big ups on Killers of the Flower Moon. I can't wait to see that. I'm very, very excited. Um, next up, The Exorcist Believer coming out October 6th. You said that this is this is on your list. I'll go thumbs up on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is a wait and see. This is a wait and see for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what people think about it if it's good enough to rush to the theater. You know what happens if you don't see it though? Your mother sucks cocks in hell. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't want to say that too loud. No, not really. <laughs> um, next up, we've got Taylor Swift, The Heiress Tour, Sam, directed by Sam Wrench. There's a fucking director on this bad boy. October go, 13th is when it comes out. I'll go thumbs sideways. I'm impartial. If I can get a ticket, I will go see it in theater. But it looks is it, to me isn't like, it like a three-hour concert? Yeah. Is there going to be an intermission? Like, how does that work? No, you just sit in a theater for three hours. You're telling me, that, I guess that you just stand in the stands for three hours, so it's even better. All right, cool. And in the theater, you can order truffle popcorn and double whiskey sodas. Do you think Cal's going to go see it at the Alamo? <laughs> it's me. Hi. He falls asleep in the first five minutes. He, he definitely would. Unless you took a date. 
Because mm. that's not easy. In, Cal doesn't date women that are into Swift. There's no way. But that's such an easy. That's so easy. Just like I mean, he could find a new date if he's like, I got two t- tickets to the Eras movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like I'll pay. For, like I would love to go see this in the theater. Like you want to come with me? I'll pay for. You know, I'll buy you a couple drinks and some popcorn. We'll get all lovey dovey. You think you do the popcorn trick? Yeah, put his dick in there. Yeah. Truffle, (laughs) truffle all over his dick. Love you, Cal. No, they give you the popcorn in the metal buckets. You can't even do that. Remember? Oh yeah. Unless you have a really good knife. You remember when we saw Thor and we got two full bowls of that shit plus flatbreads and stuff? So good, so good. Man, we were. God, remember when we don't have. Remember when we didn't remember half the movie doctor none of us remember anything from last night remember? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's like the drunkest i've been in the last three years <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> and then we came we, and then we we came home from the alamo and then and we kept went drinking. swimming and we kept drinking we we drank from like <laughs> 11 a.m to 11 p.m that day easily it was a 12 hour bender and because we were just sipping on on bourbon and cokes slowly, we just descended into madness. <laughs> Remember, we had those big ass Bucky's cups. Oh yeah, can't Thank wait to go. run it back, baby. We gotta go back. We gotta go back. Maybe we do that in November or something. Oh, I'm down any day of the week, baby. Um, I don't know what this movie is. David Yates directing a pa- movie called Pain Hustlers, October twenty seventh. Don't care. I don't care. Thumbs down. Um, we've got November here. This is so this is where we're starting to dive into like obscurity, right? So November, November 10th, we've got the the new David Fincher movie, the guy that directed Mank, the guy that directed the Seven um, Social Network Seven. What's um, in the fucking box? It's called The Killer, stars Michael Fassbender, Tilda Swinton, Carrie O'Malley, and Charles Parnell. Um it's not not much is known about the movie except it's a neo noir thriller based on a French graphic novel series. Uh, with star Michael Fassbender and Tilda Swinton in the lead roles. Michael Fassbender coming out of retirement. I'm into this. Yeah, uh, November 10th in theaters and on Netflix. So I'm gonna go thumbs up on this one, but I'll most likely be watching this at home if I can somehow steal it. <laughs> yeah, sure, sounds good. Um, next up, we got the Marvels releasing on November 10th by Nia DaCosta. I know you're very excited about no, this one. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to go thumbs sideways. I okay. want to like it. I do want to like it. I just didn't personally like Captain Marvel, the solo film, nor do I like Brie Larson's portrayal of Carol Danvers. However, I liked Monica a lot in WandaVision, and I haven't seen Miss Marvel, but I've heard good things about, um, Kamala Khan and it's a movie that's got Nick Fury in it there's a bunch of kittens running around so maybe it'll be good we'll see okay I'll give it a go but let me fucking warn you Marvel this is your last chance (laughs) Guardians doesn't count because that was a known entity yeah seriously you really got to make this movie like at least semi-enjoyable for people Quantumania was a fucking joke if this is another Quantumania, they are officially like the I they're not no longer on thin ice. They're officially on that ice that the the they walked the banishment ice from the Dark Knight Rises. That's what you they're just on. Right? Watch Dark Knight Rises, don't you? We can watch you that tomorrow know, if you I want. Know, I'm let's watch it tomorrow. On. Yeah, let's put it. 
Wait, that's Spider-Man. Um, next up after that, we got Hunger Games. You know Albert Games. Einstein in Oppenheimer is the guy in the pit in Dark Knight Yeah, Rises? he's the pit guy. He's the, I, he's the pit guy. I didn't realize that until someone put it out on Twitter, and I was like, what I was are like, they saying? realize he was the pit Rise. guy. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's the pit boy. There's a vertebrae protruding from your back. <laughs> good good acting on that guy. That's a that's a weird-ass fucking Christopher Nolan's like, I like this guy. I want he's him like, to this be is my guy. Albert yeah. Einstein. <laughs> He's like that Hector guy in the Fast and Furious movies that pops up like once in a blue moon. Yeah. The yeah. one that Letty just clocks in Furious 7 because she's having like a PTSD trigger attack. Crazy. I like that guy. Good actor. Good a- yeah. good Albert Einstein. Top 10 Albert Einsteins. Better than the original Albert Einstein. <laughs> Some might argue he's better than his opposite. Um, next up on the list, November 17th, The Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Now you're looking forward to this. Thumbs up. You're looking forward to this. You you still, been haven't, recently still have intentions to read the book before I see it. So stay tuned for that. I got to find a copy at the library when I get to Alabama. Okay. Or I'll just buy it. Well, but shout yeah. out to shout out to Julia. Apparently, shout out did, to, I did shout not out know to that Julia. this is her uh this is her fucking franchise here. So. this is her fucking citizen Kane. Yeah. Are are we gonna go midnight screening Alamo Draft House or something? When does it come out? November 17th. No, we won't be. It's Mamma's birthday, but maybe we can all talk about it on the pod or something. That's a good call. Good call. Yeah. Um, after that, we've only got a couple left. Next goal wins is uh comes out on november 17th starring michael fassbender this Elizabeth looks Mott. so funny did you see the trailer for this i did not I did. it's directed by taika waititi i don't know how i yeah. did not see the trailer for this it's a taika waititi movie it's ted lasso in new zealand essentially so michael fassbender is a alcoholic soccer coach that gets recruited to coach the new zealand football team and they're like notoriously bad huh. it looks funny okay i'm in yeah, but it's still I'm probably in. probably a thumbs up, but most likely on streaming. Yeah, we'll see. It says it's not coming to streaming, so opening on theaters November seventeenth. I'll wait. So I'll, I'll I'll if the reviews are good, I'll see it in the theaters. But if if it's like meh or like eh, I'll like I'll wait for streaming. Um, next up, this is an interesting one, Napoleon, November twenty second, starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Vanessa Kirby. Uh, directed by Ridley Scott, the 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 Napoleon movie. Are you uh, are you theater bound for Napoleon? Depends on how long it is. The rumor is uh three hours and forty five minutes to four hours and fifteen minutes. Big range. I'm gonna go thumbs up. Sure, whatever. I like Joaquin, so I still need to see Bo is Afraid. Oh my god! Maybe I'll watch Bo is Afraid and then go see Napoleon. <laughs> Trust me, I love you. In your current mental state, with every anxiety, everything else that you need to hand to handle uh, right now, you don't need to watch that movie. I I say it's spooky season though. <laughs> oh god, it's not the right kind of spooky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh lord. Honestly, that would be fun tomorrow if we we could take a hit a hit a bowl. <laughs> hit a. I don't think you edible. should. I can bring some gummies tomorrow if you want. I don't think we should watch Bo is Afraid before I have to drive by myself for eight no, hours the next not. day. I'm going to have an existential crisis. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, 
Mm, I don't know what this is. Wish, twenty twenty three, November twenty second. Disney animated movie. Thumbs oh, down. Thumbs down. Yeah, I'm not interested. Starring Ariana DeBose and Chris Pine. I'm that good. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, I know you like Chris Pine. Love me some Pine. Uh, December first, twenty twenty three. We got the Bike Riders. Uh, Austin Butler, Tom Hardy. Thumbs up. I'm going thumbs down this one. I thought that trailer <laughs> looked terrible. <laughs> um, Cincinnati, we up. After that, uh, Godzilla minus one, which is a a Japanese uh, a Japanese movie that's going to be, I think, not dubbed for the U.S. but released in limited screens in the United States. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go thumbs down. I have no yeah. interest in Godzilla whatsoever. I I have no interest in unless they're being directed by uh, what is it, Tony Gareth Gilroy? Gareth Edwards. I thought you said Tony Gilroy directed Godzilla. He directed Rogue I'm One. He finished it. I, get, oh, I know okay. what you, I'm talking about. All right. All right. I was about to be like, do you even explain Star Wars to you again? <laughs> do you need me to explain Star Wars? <laughs> get that through your fucking head. <laughs> um. So the new Hayao Miyazaki movie is coming out December 8th. Uh, so here's this the is... thing. Thumbs up. I'm in. Let's do it. Oh, really? Yeah, let's do it. This wow. is his last one, right? Well, he says that this is his last one, but Hayao Miyazaki is also retired, I think, like four times. He yeah, retired and is then his last unretired one, for The Wind Also Rises. Huh? If it is his last one and we could see it together, that'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. I, I'm looked... going to get high as shit before we go see it, though. <laughs> and then we're going to get fucking Chinese takeout afterwards. I know that's crossing the streams a little bit, but. You want to get sushi? Yeah, sushi would be good. Or too, we actually. get a beautiful bowl of ramen oh, from the restaurant. We could go to like Benihana. <laughs> go to fucking steakhouse. Get the sure. get the onion volcano. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Shrimp, shrimp fly rice. You know when they make the shrimp, shrimp fly in, in your pocket. <laughs> Is that insane? That's what it was in the haunted mansion when he was just tossing shrimp into his mouth for like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. It yeah, was yeah. so good. Yeah oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. All right. The next one is a big one for me. Uh, I'm interested in this one quite a bit. It's the the new movie from Yorgos Lathamos, the guy that did The Lobster. Um. It's uh Poor Things. Um. On December eighth, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, Christopher Abbott, Jared Carmichael, Margaret Qualley, and Catherine Hunter. So it's a stacked fucking cast. Um, looks like a really fucking like it looks like a. It looks like a, uh, it looks like it's Edward Frankenstein, Scissorhands. right? It's Frankenstein, essentially. Well, the idea is that Willem Dafoe is like this old, it's like, it's like fucked up Pinocchio mixed with Edward Scissorhands, where Willem Dafoe creates this like woman robot that like learns about what it means to be human. And the woman robot is Emma Stone. Have you seen the trailer for this? Yeah. I, my comp was Frankenstein, but that's okay. Sure. So maybe Frankenstein, but she's less of a monster and more of like Edward Scissorhands sort of like. I mean, I've innocence. seen young Frankenstein. He's not a monster. Young he's Frankenstein just, is good. He's tap dancing out there. That movie <laughs> fucking rips. Yes, R.I.P. Peter David. Is that his name? Peter. What's his name? Are you talking about Gene Wilder? No, I know Gene Wilder. Who's the guy that plays the monster? Frankenstein. He's in Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, Peter Raymond. Boyle. Peter Boyle. Raymond. 
Everybody loves Raymond. Deborah. Marty Marty Feldman as Igor. I might watch this during spooky season. Young Frankenstein's a great movie. It's so good. Frankenstein. Uh, last, <laughs> last couple ones we got December 10th. Uh oh, sorry. I'm gonna skip the next two because they're bullshit. Um Wonka, December 15th, 2023. Uh Wonka. Where are you feeling on the Wonkas? I'm a thumbs down on Wonka. Unfortunately, I'm a thumbs down, but I have to see this movie because I'm married to this IP. I know. Um, so I will see this movie in the theater. We'll see what happens. How much candy are you going to eat in that movie? Come with me. The candy man can. Who can make a sunrise? How have you not been Willy Wonka for Halloween yet? Seems like right up your alley. Uh, that's a good question. Well, usually I've done couples costumes and... I'm not going to be the Oompa Loompa. <laughs> you could. <laughs> that would actually be really funny. <laughs> I'm not going to be the Oompa Loompa. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Comedy right there, baby. Comedy. Uh, December 20th, The Color Purple. Uh, directed by Blitz Bazawale. Um, the musical which nabbed a Tony for its revival on the Great White Way in 2016. Uh, I don't know about this movie. This seems like Oscar bait. Sure, thumbs up. I'm not going to see it though. Um, Zack Snyder's new movie, December 22nd, Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. Thumbs releases. down. Too many words. Yeah, Too much. Zach's up to his normal bullshit. That's always. Yep. And then the last big one, the last big question mark of the of the year, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is still slated to open on December 25th, 2023. I'm going to go thumbs up. I got to see. I got to see my guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing this movie. I just, man, I don't have any faith that it's going to be like anywhere remotely good. <laughs> I have no idea, man. All right, the well, that's it. Is, the cast is interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Jason been... Momoa, Amber Heard, Pat. Well, yeah, Patrick Wilson, Yaya, Tamora Morrison, Dolph Lundgren's back. Nicole Kidman's back. I, I think the interesting things to think about, right, are how many of these movies are big question marks because of the SAG after strike. But then you also have to think like. How many movies did I just name? How few of them seem to be like big Oscar y type like award season movies, right? Like, I think this makes even more room for stuff like a Barbie or an Oppenheimer to be like a best picture contender. You know, having Dune move next year actually helps a lot of those movies get nominated for some extra awards. Yep. I think Killers of the Flower Moon, if it's if it's good, is the easy front runner as of right now. For best picture? For best picture, yeah. God, I hope so. I can't wait. It looks so good. Can you spot the wolves in this picture? <laughs> you be quoting that. Mm-hmm. The cast list is fucking insane. There's like it's like Oppenheimer. There's so many people. But yeah, that's kind of it. That I mean, that's that's looking forward for the rest of the year. And I gotta be honest, I think we've we've gone through the heavy hitters. I mean, I'm excited for Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm excited for 
you know, a couple little other movies in there. But like, really, I think the big stuff for the year is kind of gone and done. Yeah, 100 percent. Oh, I mean, we talked about that a little bit when the summer we did our summer recap. But yeah. Yeah, man. So. Well, there we go. That is uh, that's it for this episode. I mean, I unless you had anything else to say, I think we can probably wrap this bad boy up. I got nothing else, man. I'm excited to hopefully get back on a better schedule as soon as I can. But this was fun to sit down and do this and catch up on a couple things. I imagine our for sure next time we do a news topic is when we can get Cal to talk about Ahsoka. Yeah, but that's sure. not for three or four more weeks. So hopefully we do something before then. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But thank you all out there for listening. Thank you all for, you know, being patient with us and, you know, checking out the episodes when they do post, you know, we're going to I'll make this a bit of an event. I'll edit this episode and get it up for y'all soon, maybe before the weekend. Uh, we'll see if I have enough time tomorrow. But um, thank you all for listening to this episode of Radiovania. We really appreciate your viewership, your listenership. This has been a really fun episode. Uh, as always, follow me at Zacratello. He's at Najathan Parker. Follow the show at Radiovania. Radiovania show at gmail.com is where you can send your questions, comments, and concerns. Thank you to everybody out there who has liked this videos has like followed our our podcast feeds, subscribed to the feeds, rated us, reviewed us. We really appreciate all that stuff. It really does make a difference and uh, it allows us to keep doing this fun little stupid podcast for you, I guess. So um, thank you so much for joining us this week. John, we've got a lot of movies and a lot of stuff coming out for the rest of the year. What I want, what I want here is, you know, you've been going back through all of you. You know, I just, I don't want to beat around the bush because you've been watching so much Star Wars content. Give me yeah. a Star Wars quote to end this episode. I don't really care where it's from. I just want when I say Star, a Wars, Star quote, Wars quote. Yeah, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The first thing that I can think of right now is uh to say that if the light or if the Jedi die, the light dies is vanity. Can you feel that? Just because I watched that the other day. That's a beautiful quote. I, lo- I love it's that. like no, it's like you feel that the lightness, the darkness. In between, to say that, that it belongs to the Jedi alone is vanity. Yeah, beautiful. So cool. It's a beautiful line. Fuck the last. Dude. And it makes Welcome a lot of to sense. The Radio Vania presents the last Jedi in review. We're gonna. <laughs> I think we need to. I I actually have been like I'm gonna listen to it when I drive down to Alabama, but while I was rewatching the sequels, I want to go back and listen to us talk about each of them, because like you know. Back in 2015, we did The Force Awakens, so on and so forth. I I know we were really high on The Last Jedi when it came out, and then we like tapered off. And then I think we still might have been more right than we than a lot of people gave us credit for when we first rated it. I think our reviews are pretty solid. The only thing that doesn't hold up is our like some of our takes on like the the non Jedi related stuff, but we'll see. But anyway, I would yeah. love to hear your retrospective review after listening back to those old episodes. And I think I think well, I think we're more right than we give ourselves credit for. So. I think. But yeah, I think we're generally more right than people. For sure. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. <laughs>